Welcome, everyone, to episode 91 of the RF Generation Collector Cast. Very glad to be back with the whole crew here once again. I got Kelsey, I got Chris. How are you guys doing this last couple of weeks? Hey, I'm, I'm okay now. Hiding from the COVID monster. We're just bu- yeah. got, we're, we're bunkered in and, you know, we're trying to ride this giant wave and keep it out of our, off our backs. But everybody seems to be getting this stuff. It's crazy. I don't know if you guys can tell. I got a little congestion going on that I'm just coming out the other side of. Um, so we had uh, we had a positive in our house a few days ago, um, and we've been uh, testing every day since then. So thankfully everything's been going well. Um, we are lucky enough that we were able to you know get our hands on some tests because not everyone is so lucky. But uh, uh, it, it has gotten harder. You know these uh, past uh, you know like month or two for sure. But uh, was able to get some uh, uh, some rapid tests. They actually have shown up at the like the drugstores, like the CVS and the Walgreens, and they're limited per person. So my wife went in and got four you know kits of like double kits, and then I went in and I got four kits of double kits. So we were able to have enough uh, to kind of get through this week. So um, yeah, so everyone's you know vaxxed and boosted. So we're doing the best we can to stay safe. But uh, yeah, hopefully things are going to start calming down a bit. So Kelsey, you guys. Holding in okay up there? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to get into that right now. Let's let's talk about some yeah. some gaming stuff. Okay, we'll 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 switch straight to the happiness. So, how about we kick it off with one of the things that will make Kelsey and I just the happiest, and that is the delight in my house that everyone is having with Psychonauts two. Yes, I want to hear about your, your sons playing Psychonauts. So I I mentioned that this is a game that I was you know excited about starting to play on, on my next you know next to my Microsoft uh, list, um, and I think I mentioned on the last show that when I first started it I was like all right like it's okay it's whatever it's a platformer but it's not you know like you know life altering or anything and that was kind of my initial impression of it and the more I played it the more it kind of like sunk its teeth into me. And now it's just like a joy uh, to play. It's just delightful. It's so super creative. And and it shouldn't come as any surprise because when you play something from Double Fine or from Tim Schafer and you see all these like like millions of little things that are like, oh, that is so smart because they theme their worlds based on, you know, whether it's like, you know, the motorcycle gangs in full throttle or it's the, you know, you know the the pirates in the, uh, you know one of the, the Monkey Island games. There's all these tiny little details that just make you laugh, or just make you like kind of, or even like brutal legend. And you look at it and you're like, oh man, that's so sick that someone thought of that, and then they, they just put it in. So the game is just brimming with a, a billion things where you just look at it and you're like, oh my god, that's so clever because you know they're in someone's mind and that's what it would be and that's what it would be. And the terms they have for everything are all made up but you know exactly what they are because they're just made up logically. <laughs> like whenever they scan your brain, they're like, okay, like we're scanning your thinker print. And I didn't play the first game. So I don't know how many of these were around in the first game, but like there's like around every corner, there's something else that just like makes you smile or makes you think, Oh my gosh, how clever is that? Um, and now that it is similar to when I first started playing sunset overdrive and I wasn't really feeling it. Once I got some more of the abilities, like pretty much all the traversal abilities, and that's when I was like, okay, now I have all the tools that I need to play this game. It was kind of a similar thing with Psychonauts, where I thought it was clever and you know charming the entire time, but I wasn't having having a great time like moving around in the world. And then once I got the rest of those abilities, it was like, ooh, now this is really fun just to like move around the environment. So uh, 
super super cool and um uh so i i you know i i try to make time uh before my kids get up uh, on the weekends i play and then after they go to bed you know if i i carve out some time when me and the wife aren't going to watch like tv or movie and i play so a few nights ago um my my oldest uh like i'm i'm playing the game and my oldest gets out of bed and he comes in the room and he sees me playing it and he's like i he, he says i i thought you know can you can you not play this like can you just play this like when i'm around like so i can watch you play and i was like at first i was kind of frustrated because i was like i really want to play this is my time to play but i was like you know what if it means that much to him i was like yeah buddy i will stop and i saved it and i i turned it off and i said i will wait for you so i fired up returnal which i'll talk about in a few minutes so flash forward a few days and i i go into the bedroom and he's playing and i was like whoa like I thought, I thought we're not doing this. Like we're gonna play this together, and he's like, "No, I just mean I don't want you playing it without me," <laughs> uh, which was adorable. So I was like, "All right, no, that that's fine." Like so, he got like as far as I was in the game and a little bit further. And then yesterday and today, I played a bit more and I leapfrogged over him. So it's really cool. Like I'll watch him play a little bit. He'll watch me play a little bit, and he loves telling me things. He's like, "Oh, like that," and I'm like, "No, no, no! Don't tell me! Don't tell me!" <laughs> and then, and he knows that about me too. So like, he'll say, "Dad, do you want me? Do you want me to tell you? Do you want me to tell you something about the area you're in right now?" And he's like, "No, no, I'll figure it out." And you, your family's in it, which isn't a spoiler or anything. And like, your 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 little brother, uh, Queepy, um, is. Uh, is you gotta like find him in the environment and you can like hear his radio so like you hear the radio and i'm like oh and i'm talking to myself i'm like where is he and he's like he's up in the tree like right above you like, oh man <laughs> and he was like i thought you were talking to me <laughs> so it's really and then like i walked in i walked into the woods and it's and there's a sign it's like oh like you can't go in these woods it's not covered by your insurance policy and i was like oh that's clever and then i was like oh like you know like i was like uh, i won't go there right now i'll, I'll go there later and then he was like, something tells me you'll be coming back here very shortly. And then, like, I went to, like, the next area. And, like, the quest was, like, okay, like, you got to go to the creepy woods. And I looked at him, and he just kind of looks at me like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> So it really was a fun, you know, little kind of back-and-forth leapfrog thing. But, uh, man, is it – it's really, really cool. And not to get spoilery on it, but what's so great about it, there is, like, a, like a, a, an like a you know, a major bad guy villain enemy in it that – you know their name, and you know that you're going after them, but you're learning so much about them through the thoughts, and because you go into the brain, like through your psychic ability, like you go into the brain of someone, like you go into their mind, and like that's the level. So, like when you go into the mind of like a barber, everything's like hair and combs and scissors and blow dryers, and like that's the environment. And some and one person's like a bowler, so it's like, and one person's a mail sorter, so it's all like envelopes and typewriters. Like it's really, really, really uh, cool and creative and interesting. And but through all like the story exposition that you're learning, that this main villain was someone that like all the 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 characters in the game used to know, and they used to be friends. And like you're you're really learning so much about like the psyche of these characters and kind of what they've been through and I can kind of see where the story's going and I'm, I'm usually not one that kind of like looks ahead like that but like the more I play it and the more it's just this it seems like I don't want to say it seems shallow on the surface but like you look at it and it's, oh, it looks just like a fun platformer 
and it is so layered and so deep and when you add like all these uh you know kind of elements to it with the exploration and like the you know there's always stuff like in games like this where like you got to find the trinket or you know like uh, you know upgrade your abilities and you know like find the cards and put these things together but man there's there's so so much and it's it's so interesting and i'm just really 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 glad that it's something that uh that one of my kids likes because we can kind of share that experience kind of hopping back and forth so yeah, it's really cool I'm really pulling for because that's like a yeah an outdated like style of game design now so a lot of kids i think very much get frustrated with it because you can't do anything you want you can't do crafting you like it's not as open like so that, that's really cool that he's connecting with something a little different than what he's probably used to yeah, and I'm really pulling for Microsoft to do whatever it is that they have to do to get uh, that system working without ever having internet connection for you. Because if we can get you playing this, I'd, I'd love just to kind of get your thoughts on it eventually. I would love to. That like that's top of my list yeah. if if that ever happens. Yeah, and and it's funny you say that about the kids because like I remember talking with somebody about. Um, uh, like their kids about um, I was like oh do they like the Lego games like you know the Lego um, uh, Star Wars games you know that kind of stuff and they were like you know what like I thought they would but then they were like you can't craft in this right like like you said like I can't just build anything I want out of Lego it's like no it's just a level you go from A to B and you beat the level they're like uh, I don't want to do this so yeah it's it's I, I do kind of find it interesting the games that they latch onto at the same time we we fire up game pass every now and then and he saw this game called a ground and it just looked like minecraft so he's like i'll give this a try and he played it and the and the other day he said to me he's like oh this is one of my favorite new games it's it's like minecraft but it's not like you can mine and you can craft but it's also like almost like like a like hack and slash rpg as well um so not quite as the same as forager which really is just like a mining and a really more of like a minecraft clone like a little bit simpler um, so yeah, it's it's cool kind of seeing the different things that he latches on to. So uh, not to make this entire show the Psychonauts 2 show, but it deserves it because uh, Psychonauts 2 is awesome. Um, so moving on from that, I'll just mention the Destiny 2 hype is starting to ramp up a little bit with the <laughs> new expansion coming out exactly a month from today, from when we're recording. Um, so uh, I did have the pleasure of playing with my father-in-law and my sister-in-law's boyfriend um, recently. That was a fun night. And it finally happened, you guys. I didn't want to force it, and I've mentioned it, but I wasn't going to push it. But my oldest came to me and he said, Dad, do you want to play some Destiny with me? <laughs> Was there like a I'm single tear a rolling down your cheek? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, You're it, becoming was, a I man would, today. I, <laughs> I wouldn't say there was a tear, but it was, it was very dusty. There was dust in one of the <laughs> eyes, and we had to take care of that real quick. But no, it did, was awesome. Did you, like, so, pull out from the closet the 3D before. printed armor you had, like, all ready to go for him and everything? <laughs> I just tore off the outer layer of clothes. <laughs> So, uh, and they, they had each tried the game before. I kind of introduced it to them, but I wasn't going to, you know, kind of force it on them. So um, I, I had mentioned a few times, oh, if you guys want to play, you know, I'm around. And uh, so he said, yeah, let's play. So I was on the computer. He was on the Xbox on the TV right next to me because it's, you know, cross, uh, cross play and everything. And we played for a little bit. And then my middle guy comes down and he sees us playing together. And he says, well, I want to play. I was like, well, let's party up. 
(laughs) did they get to play with your father-in-law too did you have three generations like destiny rating so so we have not because in uh uh, so on my oldest son's game we had to kind of like get him through like the the intro of the game is probably like 35 45 minutes long um, that just kind of introduces you to how the game works, and then you kind of get your like ship that allows you to like fly anywhere in the system, and that's kind of what opens up like access to all the activities. So we got my oldest son through that. Before that, he just kind of like putzed around in like the intro world, and like that was enough for him. Like grab a gun, shoot some guys, and like he never kind of went beyond that. So my younger son, same thing. I got him set up and kind of got him like through that first little bit. So now that they're both through that, I'm like, guys, you know what this means. If you want to play with Grandpa, if you want to play with Uncle Mike, if you want to, you know, so, um, again, not going to push it on them, but uh, several times uh, this weekend, uh, he's like, Dad, can we play Destiny today? I was like, you got it, son. <laughs> so hopefully he doesn't figure out that he can probably get out of homework uh, and like other things that if he, you know, if we we make plans like this. Um, so yeah, one month away, so I'm excited for that. Um, I mentioned Returnal. I don't want to talk about that too much because I really only put like an hour and a half-ish into it. Um, but it's, it was the night that my oldest um, told me to stop playing Psychonauts. And I was like, well, this is my my game time, so I'm going to play something. So I, I fired up Psychonauts. And uh, very, very cool, very engaging uh, early on. Um, I uh, I know I'm very, very early in it, but I... I like the storytelling like right away uh, that is like um, one of my favorite things about the game is how the story unfolds like over your yep. your runs yeah so cool and i just yeah just read an article like kind of piecing the whole story together because because you know it comes at you in, in, in an interesting way i'd never seen it like yeah. laid out and it was it's fascinating fascinating yeah <laughs> So, so I, I think everyone knows it, that it's a, it's a, it's a roguelike. So there's, it's a death loop, you know, kind of mechanic type thing. So, so you're in there, you die, and then you kind of like spawn at your ship, and like they, they work it into the world, and you are kind of chasing this signal, and you find the remains of like, you know, people there that were previous to you, but then you kind of realize because it's a loop, like you realize who that is and the way that certain things are revealed, and it's it's they do it's different than Hades obviously but i both games do a really really great job of not n- of not having information overload mm-hmm. like on your first run they're not like all right here's 37 things that you're going to need to know like to get through this game they're like here's two and then you're probably going to die like you know, if you're better you'll die a little bit later but like then they'll introduce thing 3 and 4 and then they'll introduce thing five and six. So even though you're dying, you feel like you're gaining knowledge, you're gaining experience, you're gaining like an ability, or you're figuring out, oh, now that I got to you know like the eighth or ninth room, now I know what that is. I think I know what, how I can do this over here. So it's it's a little bit like Outer Wilds in the sense that knowledge is yeah. uh, uh, is the is the the currency that you're like gaining to to further your uh, your experience. Um, the movement is very fast. Very, very fast. I told Kelsey in our Discord that it feels like Doom, like the the new Doom, um, just in how blisteringly fast-paced the movement speed is, and the combat as well. And they don't mess around, like, the little guys. You're like, okay, like, you really can, like, kind of, like, stay back and, and, you know, pew-pew the little guys. And then as soon as there's, like, a medium or a big guy, they have mechanics that force you to not be able just to stand around and pick them off. Like they're throwing like AOE things that like you have to move 
and there's uh, you know hazards where you could fall off the map. Uh, there's you know like there's turrets like you really have to become proficient at navigating the environment, avoiding damage, and attacking like very very quickly. So that's that's the piece that I want to dedicate some runs to, being okay with dying, but being like okay, I'm gonna know this guy's pattern, and I'm gonna know you know, like what he likes yeah. to do. What, once like you finish the first biome, like that skill transfers to every single biome after that like you'll never run into that problem again you won't get like to number four and be like oh i gotta learn how to move and yeah. deal with this trap like you kind of have the skills once you get through the first one to get through the whole game okay. awesome so um i i believe i've made it to the boss of the first biome oh, if i nice. didn't i made it to some sort of mini boss because there's like an enormous uh health bar that's and that's the like boss phases then, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and so it's probably a couple hours, like hour and a half, two hours, my first run. That's so good to make it. I knew already. I wasn't going to beat them. I knew I wasn't going to beat them, but I, you know, I gave it my best. I think I got to them twice, and same. Just like I was like, okay, like uh, I'm really just starting to get a handle on the risk reward system, where there are chests that you can find that will give you. Uh, what is it malignancy so like there's a yeah. there's a, a a risk of a detriment as well as a benefit so you have to say oh yeah like, is you'll it find which ones you like which ones work for you yeah all right yeah so so yeah it's, i'm still early on but like very interesting um and also just like there's i, I don't i don't want to say it's like alan waker control but there's like these moments where like you're in this alien world and then you'll like see something where you're like that doesn't that doesn't belong like that you know yeah. so like you're it there's like these kind of psychological breaks where um I'm, I'm interested to see where the story goes just knowing you know how how much people like it so cool. oh, you're so, yeah. you're making good progress like getting good. to the boss already a couple times in just a couple hours i think that's beyond where i was in a couple hours because i'd never played a roguelike before okay. so i had to learn a lot going into that one Right. Yeah. No. So I'm and, and I'm you know I'm I am worried because it's got a reputation for being on the difficult side. And they tell you right early on, this is meant to be a challenging experience. So I'm trying to roll with that and just understand that I'm going to feel challenged and I'm going to need to push through. And unlike, hopefully it'll be a, it'll be yeah. a fun experience. Unlike most roguelikes too, it's long loops. It's it's not like quick. Oh, like I'm dead. I'm gonna try again. It's like it's like I just spent 45 minutes to an hour. That's it for today. Like that was a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I think if I can get to that point where it's like, all right, here's my run for the night. And then like, I'll do one run and like, maybe it has a little bit of that feeling of like, okay, like just one more. But like, yeah. if I can, you know, like get in like a nice run, you know, like uh, during a sit down session, I think I'll be happy with that. Cool. So, um, so that, so for gaming, that's, that's kind of what I've been doing there. Um, I want to mention the Mass Effect Trilogy vinyl box set finally arrived. This one was a, a long time coming. This one was, announced i think over a year and a half ago the 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 pre-order was delayed several months several times finally ordered it in i think february or march of last year so just got it so this was a long time coming listen to the first record so far it's great i always have to remind myself on big sets like this you know the record can only hold so much so like a lot of the songs that i really really love that like loop in the game like you know like the galaxy map and like some of like the certain screens they play for like a minute and a half two minutes and then they're done and it's like you know 
I, I could listen to it on loop forever, and it's like, I get it. There, it's a finite amount of space on the disc, so try to kind of take it for what it is. But it almost is inspiring me to be like, okay, love that song, love that song, love that song, and make like a little Spotify infinite loop playlist uh, on those guys. We, we played um, some, the next two... some of the newest Jackbox with some friends over the Christmas break. Okay. And one of the games on it has a song that sounds so much like the galaxy map like it's such a ripoff and every time we listen to it i was like i just want to be listening to the real one it's just almost there is it a, is it a new jackbox i don't uh, remember that from party the ones pack I played. eight yeah it's, i think it's the most recent one. Oh, oh wow yeah so i'll have to give that a try yeah because we've been kind of playing the same one forever but uh we have two so we, we had them over at new year's and we're like okay let's finally get a new one because we've been playing mm. the first four for like you know years now yeah, that's true. Get your money's worth, but yeah, I'll have to I'll have to take a look at that. But yeah, that galaxy map, and it's also a little bit weird to me because like my my you know, uh, you know, throw the Mass Effect one into the 360, turn it on, and then the, the title screen comes up, and the first song that I'm used to hearing is Vigil, um, and that's like kind of like one of my like you know, first like musical memories of of Mass Effect, and it's not early on the record because in the game that vigil segment is like towards the end of mass effect one. So it's just a little weird for me that the record starts and it's like presidium I'm like, and like a uh, uh, Saren's theme and uh, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Eden prime. And I'm like, these are all, I'm like, these are all good, but like, where's vigil? <laughs> like, oh yeah. It's probably going to be later, you know, like when they actually go there and you know, are, are hearing that stuff. How short, how short is Jenkins theme? <laughs> <laughs> I think the record skipped, and that was it. <laughs> <Jenkins>. <laughs> but his eyes were still open. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the next records to show up are both in February. So we got a, a tight February. So I got the uh, the Dune um, sketchbook, the three LP set from uh, Hans Zimmer from the uh, from the uh, you know Dune Part One. And Halo Infinite, uh, both are from Mondo. Both are estimated to ship in February. So excited about those! And just a quick TV update: uh, we actually started and finished Cobra Kai season four because uh, you know they're short enough episodes. It's a short enough season. My wife and I took a few days and just kind of went through them all. Really, really liked it. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, want to say it, it's it's not that it's not good. Like to me, nothing really compares to like some of the earlier stuff. Um, it was really cool to see uh, Terry Silver come back and like the way they played the return of that ponytail as like uh, the ponytail is like almost a character in itself. Um, I do wish that Hawk, you know, because Hawk was such a great character and he just kind of, you know, fell out of, uh, you know, the, the focus in this season. So um, it's cool, though, they uh, uh, the character they end up bringing back at the end of this season to go into the next season. So it's great to, to see that, see that dynamic. We'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, if, and if you, I don't know if you guys uh, uh, out there have, have seen Cobra Kai or if I've mentioned it, I've seen the first three. I haven't seen the new one yet. So, so yeah, Cobra Kai. And I really am not a big fan of this saying um, <laughs> I, you hear people say this is a big thing. Like, Oh, it's better than it has any right to be. And, you know, I, I'm just really not a fan of that sentiment. Like, you're, you're as good as you are, you know, like, not as you have a right to be. But, man, this show is a complete surprise. Because on paper, it's like, uh, Ralph Macchio, William Zabka, is this a cash grab? But, man, 
those first uh, two seasons are unbelievably good. And the third one's not bad either. But those first two seasons, especially the second one, are unbelievably good. And if you have a passing interest in the Karate Kid multiverse... I, I kept uh, hearing multiverse, exactly what you're talking about. And I was like, I still don't care. I don't care. And my, Same. And my brother, Same. who is far younger than me, not a kid who grew up with Karate Kid or 80s movies or anything, uh, like born in the late 90s, uh, he message me and he like he's never in his entire life recommended i watch anything ever because he knows our interests are so far apart and he's just like you gotta watch cobra kai and i'm like why like you've never told me to watch anything so i'm like okay i'll try it and yeah. and i yes everything that bill said is 100 percent accurate yeah i i say so i heard this all over the place on you know twitter facebook and i see people and i'm like yeah like whatever like you know but like you know people say that about all sorts of shows that i don't care about so that's it's good for them but it's not for me and then it was my brother-in-law who is very hard on things like and he loves a lot of stuff but like he also like hates on a lot of stuff because he's very impassioned in his opinions but what he said to me like no like you have to watch it it's amazingly good it's legitimately good it was like all right if he says it and oh man is it ever so yep got through cobra kai 4 and excited for 5 um we just started the righteous gemstone season two which is very funny if you like uh this kind of humor um i know we've spoken about uh this type of stuff before uh kelsey's not the biggest fan in the world of danny mcbride um (laughs) (laughs) if you if you like danny mcbride stuff you'll like this if you don't you might not um so righteous gemstones is like uh like an evangelical christian like mega family that does like the whole like they're like multi-million it's it's fiction but they're like multi-millionaires they have like the weekly show on tv they fly around in private jets and it's basically about this like evangelical christian mega millionaire like media company just being awful people (laughs) uh and it's a comedy and it's danny mcbride so think along the lines of um you know like most danny mcbride hbo comedies where it's like a little crass uh, you know, it's a lot of, lot of jokes. Uh, John Goodman um, is their uh, father. Um, and uh, Adam Devine, if I'm saying that right, from Workaholics. He's uh, Danny McBride's brother. And I forget the name of the girl who's in it, the sister, but she was also in um, uh, Vice Principals, uh, the last thing that, uh, that Danny McBride did with Cody Hill. So, yeah, if you like Danny McBride stuff, give it a look. Um, otherwise, uh, you probably don't need to. And we started 1883 after talking about Paramount Plus uh, last time. And I'm here to tell you, as a card-carrying member of the I Love Westerns Club, 1883 is legit. (laughs) It is not like network TV version of a Western garbage. It is legit awesome. Awesome. We watched like the first episode and I looked at my wife and I was like, are you tired? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, well, and I was, and I didn't wait for the answer. I put on the next episode and it was awesome. And then we watched another one the next night. (laughs) It is legit awesome. And I, I don't know celebrities, especially in the country scene from a hole in the wall. So it was like three episodes in where she was like, uh, where she mentioned like, you know, Tim McGraw. And I'm like, who's Tim McGraw? And she's like the main guy. Like that's Tim McGraw. I'm like the country singer. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, you could have fooled me. Just, I thought that guy was an actor. And then his, the, the woman who plays his wife in the show is Faith Hill. 
And I was like, that's Faith Hill? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, they're married in real life, right? She's like, yeah. You had no, it's like, yeah, I had no idea. So um, <laughs> I, I had no idea it was Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Um, I know that it's a prequel you know, to Yellowstone. I haven't seen Yellowstone, so I don't know how it ties in yet. But man, Sam Elliott was born for this role um as, as like you know that kind of like cl- that that kind of clint eastwood um unforgiven like aging cowboy not quite past his prime but he feels himself getting there and he's like trying to help these people you know with their trek kind of across uh, uh you know the uh, the plains to to get to oregon but man is it ever good and i don't want to spoil anything but if you are a fan of westerns Turn this off. The podcast will be there whenever <laughs> you need it. <laughs> Go watch 1883. It's so good. Now, all the episodes are not out on that yet, though, right? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. But every episode, every time I've gone to watch another one, like it's been there. So I, just, I don't know if I just haven't caught up to it yet. Um, but uh, uh, I'm I'm sure I'm going to find out by the next time uh, we're together if uh, if there's more than because I think. It said like six episodes available at the last time we watched it. I don't know if that's like all six is like, you know, the first, you know, kind of run of the series or if they're weekly kind of like, you know, like the Star Wars, the Disney Plus stuff does it. Because um, Cobra Kai and Netflix, obviously, they, they release everything all at once. Whereas like, you know, Disney, they, they do them kind of week by week. That's so the way uh, CBS usually does it. So I was just mm-hmm. curious if they were all because that's kind of what I would. I want to watch it, but I want to wait yeah. until they're out so I can just... T- totally understand and that i didn't write it on my list here but that is what i did with hawkeye um i'm taking a lot of time here so i might save hawkeye for a later time but i watched through all of hawkeye this week um and uh yeah but i i i, I feel like i've i've chit-chatted enough so i will just mention a couple more uh last uh, things uh the last thing i want to mention is my home workspace uh refresh um i mentioned this on twitter which is why i mentioned it here um, one of my resolutions is to make my home workspace just more comfortable, more like ergonomic, more peaceful, more relaxing, more productive. So I've kind of had this like, you know, hand-me-down desk that I've had for a while, and I've really wanted a standing desk for a long time, not just to stand, but also to like fine-tune in like the height for the ergo and like also for like the airflow underneath it, because my old desk had like kind of like a back wall to it, and that's where like the register for like the heat and cooling was in this room down here. So I bought the standing legs, uh, the dual motor ones. I kind of set the desk up, and I've started doing like the wiring. I had this light strip kind of for a while that I threw on the back of the desk. I've got kind of soft lights going in here and I can't tell you the difference that it makes just like right away, just having like the clutter out. And I wouldn't think that the lighting would make as big a difference as it does, but just kind of switching to like this, this lighting scheme, just like soft white light, as opposed to like the kind of like harsh, like more, uh, you know, kind of like daylight style uh, lights. Just, it's crazy how it, has made a difference already so i just wanted to mention that that is a project i'm really excited about like every day i get under here and i like manage one more cable like perfectly <laughs> and it it looks better piece by piece but it's like i'm still looking down and i'm like all right like you're next buddy so eventually it's going to be a shining example of uh of cable management and relaxation i hope so looking forward to that and since i have spoken at length about all of the things for the last two weeks 
I'm going to pass it over to Chris, and we'll see what he has been up to. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I've been watching a few things I can talk about. I don't really have to talk about gaming because you guys know what I've been playing. Um, so when it comes to shows, though, I've watched a few things. You know, usually, like I said, I, when these series come out, I usually like to wait until there's a season to watch. Uh, I don't like to go in, but Peacemaker came out, and... I kind of heard mixed things. Like some people are like, you know, man, this is really good. And some people were a little, eh. and it started with three episodes. It launched all at once. I thought, okay, I'll, I think by three episodes, I'll know pretty well what I think of Peacemaker. And so I've watched that and I went up to episode four just came out the other day. And I can get why this show is not for everybody, but I like it. I, I I'm enjoying my time with Peacemaker and I think, like Kelsey was saying, like I had enough time with Peacemaker when I watched Suicide Squad, and I, I get that, that. That felt like enough. But when I saw that clip of him yelling at that old man it's, about Batman, I was like, oh, maybe this would be fun for a little. Yeah, more. it's they take this one-dimensional figure that is Peacemaker in the movie. Is it Peacemaker or Peacekeeper? Which one is it? Peacekeepers. No, it's Peacemaker. I, that's an honest question. I can't remember which one it is. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's Peacemaker. Unless I'm going crazy. Could be. All right. It is peacemaker. Yeah. Maker. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, because he's not keeping the peace. He's gonna go kill every man, woman, and child <laughs> right. it takes to yeah to preserve and to is make it, peace. And isn't the joke that the peacemaker was a weapon? It was a revolver in the old west. Yeah. It's just you learn like he's kind of an idiot. I mean, to a degree, <laughs> but like he's you. You get to learn that he's not just just a moron, right? Like, he's been through some rough stuff. His life is kind of a mess. And you get to see his relationships where you're like, I, I don't want to spoil anything. It's just there's... You, like, the first episode or two, you're probably just going to be like, nah, it's Peacemaker. I, you know, if you don't like Peacemaker, fine. But by the time you get a few episodes in, you, you kind of get to see other piece, parts of him. And, like how things are fleshing out and there are parts where you're just like what the, what the heck but um i'm enjoying it i mean the characters i wouldn't say any of these characters are lovable right and that's not what they're designed to be right it's kind of like suicide squad i mean none of these are like oh i would wish these would be my you know like my best friends i related to polka dot man come on okay well <laughs> but i mean at the same time, you get them, and you want to see more. At least I want to see more of what happens with is, them. And where is that on HBO? Is that what it's streaming? Yes, it's yes. on uh, HBO Max. That, yeah. I think that's my biggest issue. Is just I don't want another streaming service. We've got we've got a couple already. Otherwise, I would probably have checked this out. If nothing else, wait till the season's out. Do a free trial. Watch it, and then dump it. You know. I, Again, if you like DC stuff and and if you liked, I think, what James Gunn did with uh, Suicide Squad, I, like I think James you, may, Gunn movies. Yeah. you may enjoy what he's doing with, uh, with Peacemaker. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's like sometimes he's like a man-child and half the time an idiot, but then like you get to see other parts of him where like, you kind of feel bad for him. And the other characters go through these things, but the other characters aren't great people either. You know? So 
I, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it's, it's a lot wrong and enough right at the same time. I don't know. I mean, anyway. I, and again, I've heard like some people just really hate on it. And that's fine, too. It's not going to be everybody's show. I just watching it, I'm like, yeah, this is not for everybody. Um, th- yeah. there's no, I, I, there's no yeah. redemption arc. I don't think per se. <laughs> I mean, maybe there is to a degree, but there's no, like, th- there's no superheroes in this, right? Even though Peacemaker thinks he's a superhero, there aren't any, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I really, really like Suicide Squad and I'm not the biggest John Cena fan, but he had me cracking up a few times in that movie because it's, you know, the way James Gunn writes him and everything. And this is one of those things that, like, I saw, and I'm, like, kind of like you, where I was, like, when all of these are out, I will watch this. But, like, you know, I, I, I haven't made it a priority to kind of tune in as it's going. I mean, there are, <laughs> there are just parts where, like, He's feeling sad, and he puts on a record, and he's doing his funny little dance while no one's around, and you're just like, <laughs> I kind of feel for this big idiot. <laughs> I mean, you know? And he wins you over, and then he does something horribly dumb, or says something terrible, and his family is ho- like, everybody around him is like, really, really messed up and bad, and... So you understand, like, how did he get here in the way he is? They tell you, like, explain to you how he you're starting to see, like, okay, I see how he got here, right? Mm. To a degree. It, it's not, again, like, I don't know how to describe it. Anyway, I won't spend forever. Um, I'm enjoying Peacemaker. So if that sounds like something that interests you, I will continue to watch each week as it comes out because I'm having a good time with it. Something I did not have as good a time with is the film Nobody. Uh, just recently came to HBO Max. It's the Bob Odekirk I don't know that um, one. The action flick that came out yeah, last it's on, year. Yeah, it's, it's on my watch list. I was looking forward to this one. I haven't seen it yet. You may like it more than I do. Mm. Um, it's basically like uh, if you really want a modern Steven Seagal-ish kind of movie, I guess, you may be right up your alley. I don't know. Cool. Um, it's very macho tropey one man takes on the army and okay you know i don't know i've seen a lot of those and Mm -hmm. i don't know if this one does it particularly well i mean i think i'd rather watch a john mcclane than this guy do it (laughs) it's 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 funny that i not not to hijack but i told you what my mom said like we uh we were talking the other like uh right around christmas time and uh, she was like, do you know what movie we watched? And just as a joke, I was like, Die Hard? She was like, yes. The best <laughs> Christmas movie She ever. was like, Die Hard. And she says, I love that Die Hard. And I'm like, you love that <laughs> Die Hard? And like several times the past like few weeks that we've spoken, if Die Hard just comes up in conversation, because it does, she, she'll say that she's like, I loved that Die Hard when we watched it. So, just some some of the movies do it well, right? But you know, how, but, like, but yeah, it's, I I think my brother in law just recently mentioned and he reminded me. He's like, "Oh, have you seen Nobody?" And I'm like, "No, it's on my list." And he's like, uh, "So, yeah, it's uh, uh, I'll I'll get to it eventually." But you know how like John McClane, like at least takes on a reasonable group of enemies. Mm-hmm. And but when like when you watch a Steven Seagal mur- movie, he's like murdering a battalion of people. Yeah, that's what you're in for. 
So okay. if if you're down with that, you'll probably enjoy it. I, I How are the one-liners? Uh, no, there aren't really okay. any one-liners. Not for me then. Not for me. Again, it's like Steven Seagal. <laughs> it's just he's just beating on people and killing people a lot. If you like that for an hour okay. and a half, that's what you're gonna get. So okay. Um, I, I really wanted to. I really wanted to like it more than I did, and I sat through the whole thing. But just at the end, I was kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, um, so I'll be curious, baby Bill, if you watch it, if you come out on the other side of that. Um, I was also watched because again, like HBO Max is like this huge DC hub, so I'm starting to go through some of the animated stuff that's in there, and I've got like quite a few queued up. But uh, I watched Superman, Man of Tomorrow, and uh, that one, you know. trying to think if i would recommend it to like anybody um <laughs> probably not I, I think if you're into like DC comics and, and you know superman and, and everything yeah you probably would enjoy it and it had some um interesting stuff and it like had lobo in like like when do you see lobo <laughs> in anything he's gaining some traction lately i think we're gonna see more of him in the years to come okay but i mean like i was like I've thought about Lobo since like the 90s. Um, but yeah, Lobo's in it. Uh, Martian Manhunter's in it. Um, yeah, so anyway, I mean, it's fun. It's like a popcorn y kind of thing. It just kind of, I wouldn't know if I would say it's like amazing, but I had a good time with it. It wasn't as good as Red Sun, but I had a good time with it. Um, and then, uh, I guess last but not least, I'll just mention that I think this had come up since the last time we had talked, and that was. Um, Due to stupid COVID, uh, Capcom Cup is canceled again for the second year in a row, which kind of sucks, to be honest with you. So they haven't figured out how to do it virtually? They're just canceled? They are going to do some exhibitions, but the problem you have to think is like, yeah, it has online play, but the people that qualify are literally all over the world. Absolutely. The lag would be so bad. It would be miserable for people to play. Um. So that's the problem. They've still been going through the Capcom quali- qualifiers, and like the last one is finishing up, I think, like this week. Um, and they're going to do some exhibitions to kind of wrap some things up, and, and like Street Fighter League. Again, it's like another year where they were going to have like their finals at Capcom Cup, and you know, that's not happening. And like this year, as well as last, they were planning to have it in the Dominican Republic, since, um, you know, it was a fairly open place and safe place to travel to but you know again like COVID's just too bad right now and i'm thinking like did, didn't they learn last year that maybe this would be the absolute worst time of year to try to do something like that like right after the holidays where everybody is spreading every disease known to man to every one of their family members <laughs> seriously though like when is there any other time in the cold where people are more gathered together yeah. okay you can guarantee a month afterwards everyone's going to be sick I mean, just that's the way it goes. So um, I would like to. If I wish they would just rethink when in the year they do it, because if they did it like in April or May, I don't think they'd have these problems. But you know, I, I, obviously this is new, and they're trying to deal with it. So um, it's it kind of sucks that it has to happen again. Because now, I mean, there won't. By the time they have another one, I'm I'm hoping it will be Street Fighter Six, because that was the last season of Street Fighter Five, and so right. who knows what it's going to look like next time around so we really didn't get uh, a creme de la creme like a big 
send off to Street Fighter Five, which you know, again they like super balance that game out really well, and like the character spectrum from all the the people that have qualified is all over the map. So it would have been a really cool competition. Um, yeah, just it's not going to happen. So kind of sucks. It does. But hey, that's COVID for you. So let's hope that uh, the next you know season. I don't know what they're going to do because I mean they haven't announced any dates or anything for Street Fighter Six, and they're not going to do another season. They're not going to put any more content in Street Fighter Five. So I really don't know what the heck they're going to do. It's going to be interesting to watch. I can guarantee they, if they have an announcement, they were planning to do it at Capcom Cup. Right, that makes sense. I mean, because that's what they always do. So yeah, without that or like Evo or E three, like. Do you think they just put out a trailer one day? Like, how do they announce well, something? Well, Evo still happened last year. It was just Evo Online. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had Evo Japan. So now e- there's Evo in Japan and in the U.S. And so um, I they're still going to do exhibitions around Capcom Cup time. They still have that time scheduled. So I would imagine they'll probably still use that as an announcement point. Obviously, it just won't be... It won't have as many people glued to it so right. it'll lose some of the the bang i don't think they can wait till e3 or evo because that's summer and you know they're gonna have to announce what they're doing for uh, their next uh capcom cup if they're gonna you know keep, keep that going so i don't know it'd be interesting to see i'll be curious to see what happens but uh yeah anyway that's that's kind of the stuff that's going on with me cool i guess that's me then it is. That's yeah. you. All right. I finally finished Persona 2 Innocent Sin on the PSP, which was the sixth and final mainline Persona game I had to, to finish. And I really thought my game time, like it felt like I was in it for a long time. I thought like once once I look at that save file, it's going to be like 70 hours. And, and so I finally finished it and I was like, oh God, how long was that? And it was 35 hours. <laughs> and I said, wow, that I haven't had that kind of disparity where a game felt so much longer. Like I really did not love that game. Um it just felt like obviously twice as long as I had put into it. So happy to have it done. Like it's it's cool to have that like historical framework of where that series was before three, because it is a very different series once once three hits. Um so it was it's neat in retrospect to look at that journey but like i'm never going to revisit any of those first three games and they're not things i would recommend to people they don't have a lot of not even just the persona stuff they don't even have a lot of the like cool shimigami tropes like it's really still trying to find out what the series is back then um so yeah persona's done uh so i gotta figure out something else handheld to uh, start soon um yeah, I haven't decided on that yet. Uh, most of my last two weeks since we talked has been Hades, like almost exclusively just Hades. I've been playing a lot of, and man, I love that game. It really <laughs> got its hooks into me, and like I, I finished it and I platinumed it. And whenever I platinum a game, you know that that's done, game's over, next game. But I like for days after that, I was like, no, nah, you know, I'll, there's still other stuff to do. I'll do another run, and I kept. And like I had to like take it out of my system, put it in the box, put it in the game room because I'm like all I'm doing when I have a free moment is like I want to do Hades run, I want to do Hades run. So I have to like distance myself, break the habit that I've set for the last couple of weeks because I'm just like 
I would keep playing it and keep playing it and keep playing it and, and I have to do other things. <laughs> I have to go, you know, I have to go pick up the kids from school. I've got to like make dinner. Like, so I had to remove myself from Hades for a bit, but wow, it really, really speaks to me now. And I, the, like Bill was saying about Returnal, like the, the way they do the storytelling in Hades, I can't imagine what the writing room looked like. Like, you know, that meme with, charlie from it's always sunny with all the strings and the post-it notes that are trying to like line up the conspiracy i'm like that has to be the dialogue tree from that game because when you're doing a run they have to know how far you made it in your previous runs which gods you've talked to which boons you have which weapon you selected what uh items you've unlocked and like all this stuff because every conversation makes sense and they know who you've talked to and they know what you've got equipped and they know what you've played and like it always makes sense somehow even though so many things have to fit together like it's just crazy to think about um but gameplay wise like too i think if there is a roguelike that chris would like it's probably this one because you can you can build your character how you want to like you've got six weapons so pick your favorite weapon and then each weapon has four different aspects you can unlock to it so you can kind of choose your play style and then you can use these other items to manipulate which gods you run into. So once you figure out what kind of builds you like, you can just do those kind of builds if that's all you want to do. Or if you want to test yourself with something else, you can. And then once you beat the game, uh, they unlock this. They call it the Pact of Punishment. And so, and, and my neighbor is telling me about it. I'm like, that sounds stupid. I'm never going to do that. Because he, he's like, I'm playing it now. So like all the traps do 400% damage and the bosses have extra moves and health meters and more bad guys spawn. And I'm like, why would you want to do that? And so you get this this list of like 20 things you can manipulate in the game to make it harder. And they just, you know, they up your rewards for each one you're doing. And then once you do one, it's like, oh, that, you know, that felt good. I could do two things now. I can do three. And then so like <laughs> each each weapon's got its own separate pack too. So like with the bow, I'm up to like, 18 or 19 heats in like making it harder whereas with the spear i'm not as good so i've got like five or six into that one uh but yeah it's really cool to like make it more challenging but you get to choose what's more challenging so you're like if i you know i, I can play quickly so i'll put the the one that limits my time onto it because that's easy for me and then once you get want to do more it's like well if i have more guys spawn it's harder to do the times so maybe i can get rid of the time one now and i can just have the bosses have more health and, and more bad guys spawn and they do more damage and that kind of stuff um but yeah the story was fantastic and the epilogue was longer than the story and was also fantastic and how you unlock everything was really really cool and organic and like you don't need to look any of it up. You can kind of figure it out on your own with what's there. And they, like Bill was saying, they do a really good job of like, here's a couple things. You do a couple runs and it's like, okay, here's a couple more things to add on to that. And so it is pretty complex now, but it, it does a really good job of slowly introducing that to you and, and making sure you understand the thing before you move on to the next thing. Um, and yeah, and they like, it's all, all that uh, like Greek mythology but they also have these little tinges of other mythologies that exist. Uh, they talk about like Guan Yu and Gilgamesh and Lucifer and King Arthur and really cool. Definitely moved up my, uh, some of my favorite games list. I think, I think I would include this now if I was doing like a top hundred games, I'm not sure where, but, uh, it would, it would make the cut now. 
Yeah, really, really glad that it struck a chord, and I was really happy to see you chatting about it in the Discord, saying like, I feel like this like opens up a new door for like a whole new genre. And like, yeah, let's. I'm curious to see if anything else uh, kind of gets his hooks in. But this was yeah. a this was a really, really, really you know a powerful big uh, game when it hit, and like, I, I know you hear that you know that game of the year thing a lot, you know like a billion different uh, outlets give game of the year to like you know every different game under the sun but like when whenever this game was like shown it would kind of like line up it's like 900 you know like game of the year awards and i'm like okay well everybody's got a game of the year but then like actually played it and adam brought it uh he got the oled um switch oh, so cool. when he brought it to retro world he handed it to me, and that's what I tried the OLED Switch out on. Was, was that's on a, a run of Hades? It's a beautiful game. That would be a good one to test yeah. on there. And, and and that's when I was like, like he was like, "Did you get the OLED?" And like now, nah, like I don't think I need it. And then he handed it to me, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> Hades, OLED." <laughs> it was it was beautiful. So yeah, it's great, great, great game. Yeah. So just this last year, I like I played Returnal, Dead Cells, mm. Hades. And I like Dead Cells fine, but I love Returnal in Hades. So mm. I, yeah, I feel like I kind of have an understanding now why roguelikes are fun and what's enjo- what I enjoy about them. So I, I, like Bill said, it's like a new door opens. It's like, oh, now I can, you know, Bill's been saying try Rogue Legacy. So I'm like, okay, I got to get a copy of Rogue Legacy now and try that one. And I had someone in our Discord um, offer up a few more. So like, I'm going to try Spelunky. Uh, you mentioned one called Sundered. Say, yeah. yeah. So there's a few I want to check out and see if I can uh, find some more in that genre that I really like because it's exciting. Like, how, when you've been playing games for your whole life and you're getting close to 40, like, how often do you get to dive into a new genre anymore? Like, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So it's very exciting. So. Yeah, pretty soon you're going to be uh, uh, discovering Battle Royale games and then asking. Can't like, wait. Hey. What else has a battle royale mode? PUBG? What? <laughs> good, good news. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, when I put Hades away, I pulled out uh, Guardians of the Galaxy again because I was just a few trophies short of the platinum on that one. And so far, I've been able to platinum every single PS5 game that I've got. So I, w- I want to see how long I can keep that going because I know that won't last forever. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to get these last like eight or nine trophies I needed in Guardians. And I think I've got like four left now. Just got to find a couple more costumes and then and then do some uh, specific character challenges, which, which should be pretty easy once I find those costumes. Um, I forgot to mention it last show, uh, but Engineer Mike and I, uh, we were playing through Lufia for the last several months. We finished that uh, just before Christmas. Um, and it was very mediocre. I've, I've never played a more generic RPG in my life, I don't think. Uh, but I do hear from most people that Lufia 2 is like the really good one. So we've talked about maybe doing that, but we're going to take a break for a while. Uh, like we started playing Curse of the Moon 2, uh, Bloodstained spinoff. Um, and I think we're just going to, you know, play some NES next time we get together. Um, do a couple days like that and then, and then maybe try some Lufia 2. Um, I finished the book I was reading, They Create Worlds, that was like early video game history, and man, I loved it. Like, it was so dense and dry, but it was exactly what I wanted, and I learned a lot of cool things, and I can't wait until he puts out the next... Like, he, he leaves it on a cliffhanger, and I obviously know the next part of the cliffhanger, because, you know, it's it, it ends with 
Pac-Man on the arcade and like how big important that is and talking about how it's just about to come to the Atari 2600 and that's like the kind of cliffhanger <laughs> and so I, I know that story but I, I'm he always adds things to those stories that I didn't know because he interviews the actual people that ran these companies that developed these games that you know sold them and, and operated them in arcades and like he has all these really cool uh, references in the books um, so I'm looking for looking forward to some new perspective on that and like we'll get into other stuff that I'm interested in like the the Vectrix and the ColecoVision you know are just about to happen so that'll be a big part of it we'll get Nintendo entering and a lot more Sega and stuff like that so looking forward to that whenever that comes out um, so with that done I started another book that I got just prior to that, which was the Bitmap Books Guide to Japanese Role-Playing Games. And it is, like, I'm not exaggerating when it's a textbook, because in my car, I, I bring a little bag with me to work that I put my book in so that I can read during my downtime. And I put it on the passenger seat when I drive to work. And this book is so heavy it thinks I have a passenger and it beeps the alarm to put on your seatbelt for like five minutes every time I get in the car now. It is a monster. Uh, so I've read about early 80s uh, Japanese PC games, like all the NEC uh, PC stuff and MXX stuff that was coming out. Uh, so it's a lot of like Falcom and Crystal Soft and like early Square kind of stuff. Uh, I've read about... Um, the Dragon Slayer series and Ease, which I was slightly familiar with both, but like I, I didn't know any of the Japanese ones or the like. I knew they were both influential, but I didn't understand how and why. And, and now I have a better grasp of that. Um, and then I've got through the basic stuff at the start, so I've read all about Dragon Quest, which you know mostly I knew. It's a good refresher. Same with Final Fantasy, uh, Shimagami. I knew really well. Um, I just read through Tales, the Tales of games, which I'm familiar with, but I've, I bounced off Symphonia when that came out and I never really tried the series again. So that was really cool to learn a bit more about. And now I'm getting into the less well-known series because those are like the big four. So I just read all about Star Ocean. And when I said I was done Persona 2 and I was looking for another handheld, I, I think I'm probably sold on maybe trying Star Ocean next because I've got those on the PSP and the PSP remakes supposed to be pretty solid, according to this book. And they sound awesome. They sound kind of Star Trek-y and not too long and a little, little goofy and the combat sounds really fun. So I think I'm going to dive into some JRPG stuff uh, still, like I might do Star Ocean, and I've always wanted to try some of the Ogre Battle games. Uh, maybe I'll pick up a Tales of and give that another chance. Um, it's really cool, and, and now that I'm past this stuff that I kind of know, I'm really interested to dive into more stuff that I don't know as well. Have you um, checked out the history of like Nintendo, history of Nintendo series by... I guess he's French. I don't know how to pronounce it. Like Florent George. I don't think so. I would recommend it. Um, lot really well done. I will definitely hit you up about that because I'm running out of new books that I, I've almost read everything I've got. So I'm definitely be looking for some new stuff here right away. So I've got probably quite a few things in my library that you may not have read. So maybe I'll at some point in time go through and. Yeah, I'll have to get you to like tips. send me an Amazon wish list or something. 
Yeah, his books, uh, since he's French, they're not sold locally, but they usually are available in French and English, so the English versions usually take a little longer. But it's, okay. like the first volume goes from like all the way from um, Nintendo's founding up until like 1980, and then they go, you know, uh, a little more into smaller blocks. But okay, uh, they're pretty cool. A lot very, very beautiful, very well done. Awesome. No, I'm not familiar with those. So yeah, I would love to check out something like that. Um, yeah, the only other thing uh, I wanted to talk about, which I think we're going to leave till after the main topic was I, I caught up with these guys and I watched Matrix Resurrection now. So we can have a, a little discussion about that after the show if you guys like. <laughs> I'm going to be yeah. really curious to hear uh, thoughts on that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so... So yeah, we'll, we'll save it for the end just so people don't have to skip over this if they're they don't uh, you know want to hear the spoilers. So uh, so yeah, come back uh, after the main topic. Uh, just a couple things I wanted to mention before we get into the main topic. Um, I forgot to mention a movie that I watched uh, as well. Um, so it probably gives you an idea how much I liked it if I forgot that I oh, watched no. it uh, until I heard uh, Chris uh, kind of mentioning some DC stuff. So I watched Marvel's Eternals on Disney Plus and I watched the whole thing and I paid attention the whole time unlike several DC movies that I was not able to maintain attention throughout so I did like it more than some <laughs> Two other out of ten, DC not stuff a one out that of I ten. like couldn't make it through but when it was over I was just I was just like mentally exhausted like what is going on and I, not, not that I didn't understand like, I understood it <laughs> But then, like, the more I kind of thought about it afterwards, I was like, you know, Eternals is, like, the most... I don't know if this has been said before. Like, I would imagine it is because it's it stood out very much to me. Eternals is, like, the most DC-feeling Marvel movie. It's like... They, these, they even like, mentioned Superman in it, too. Yeah. It's, like, these otherworldly beings, and it's, like, nothing that's happening in it like it, it affects the world because the world could end and like all that stuff but like it happens like in this little bubble of you know the Eternals and like it happens like out in like big massive fields and like up in the sky and like kind of like how like in the Superman movies where like the fights between Superman and Zod or whoever he's fighting are just these like big massive fights where one guy will hit another guy and then he flies 5,000 miles and then he comes back and he hits him harder and then he comes back and he hits him harder like it was just like big you know and it, it just felt like, and there was a story, it's like, okay, well, we've been doing this for millions of years, and then, oh, he knew about it the whole time? Yeah, because she told him. How did she know, you know? And it's just this kind of drama between, you know, like, and I, I have no basis for these characters or anything, so I don't want to get, like, too much into spoiler territory or anything, but, I mean, if you've, if you've seen it, um, you probably know what I'm talking about, but it is a much, much, much different feeling Marvel movie yeah. than anything I've seen before. So, like, you're, you're absolutely right about everything you just said. Uh, it, like, most of the time, like, I know people expect, like, the big Marvel, like, fights to, like, you know, especially near the end of the movie. This is the only one where I felt like they didn't need any of that. Like, they, they were kind of shoehorned in, and like you said, like, they, the fighting stuff was inconsequential. Like, it didn't matter. I think yeah. the, the family drama was a new take and interesting yep. and different. And that's what I liked about it. 
and you could have cut all the fighting stuff out of it and had a more interesting movie and a shorter movie and it's it makes me excited for other projects which i know that's like their whole intent right so it's like oh we've got celestials now like how does that fit into guardians of the galaxy and thor and dr strange and like it's it's like when guardians of the galaxy came out it was like oh we're like we open up you know space travel now like what does that mean for every other movie and that's kind of how i feel about eternals now it's like oh what does this mean for like all these other things yeah, and that's probably what held my attention because the family drama, like, you know, kept me engaged in, like, knowing the relationships between them and, like, what they've been up to and how, you know, like, just, like, the, the dynamic. But then, like, these fights would happen and you're, like, I mean, like, you know that, you know it's going to happen. Like, it's going to fight for a little bit and then everyone's going to be like, okay, everybody cool off. And then, you know, like, so re- it, really, like, you could have just cut some of the stuff out. So, yeah, it wasn't. I don't, I don't want to jump in and just say, you know, like, worst Marvel movie, because it wasn't like that. It just felt so totally different. But the characters were compelling. Um, you know, the uh, the interactions, like, the, uh, the the relationships, like, it was it was all interesting stuff. Having no basis for the characters, I don't know if it's, you know, re- if it's true to, you know, like, what was in the comics or anything. Um, and I did have to look up what the mid-credit and post-credit scenes <laughs> meant. Exciting Having, stuff. having no basis. Yeah, good stuff. Now, once yeah. I like found out what it is, oh, that's who that is, and that's what this is. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, very, very cool to see uh, you know where it goes after that. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention, this is I have this listed as a correction from the last show. It's not really a correction, just something I forgot to mention when we had our last show about current gen consoles. One of the things I wanted to mention, and this is a small thing, but but something that I really wanted to talk about, is the the packaging for the uh the xbox uh series versus the playstation (laughs) 5 and i know that the what matters is the product is the product good does it have good games is the controller great does it work like that is all that matters that being said (laughs) (laughs) the experience of opening up a product right that you've fought hard to get that you spent hundreds of u.s or canadian dollars on thousands of you want that to be a good experience yeah right you want that to be a good experience and when you open up the box of an xbox series x console it is an experience it's it's not just like a flap that opens and like you pull (laughs) like some cardboard out the whole thing like opens up and it's like it's presented to you it's on like a 45 degree angle it's like you like it's really like it's it's hard to describe but go watch an unboxing it's an experience and like you look at it and you're like oh this is gonna be great like someone put thought and effort into how you were gonna feel when you opened it up and you saw it so i had that experience with the series and then when i got my playstation (laughs) 5 it is the flimsiest piece of cardboard ever invented by humans and you you pop it open, you look in, and it's housed in the flimsiest, like, white, you know, kind of like those, like, cartons that just, like, make sure something doesn't move. And I opened it, and I looked at you, it. You and hope it, it like makes sure something kinda, doesn't move. It doesn't feel strong enough to make sure it actually man, doesn't move. No, yeah, it, it's, it doesn't feel strong enough or anything. And then you pop the carpet, and then, like, you, you pull the system out, and it's like there's, like, one of you know, like, those, <laughs> like, white, you know, kind of foam wraps around it with, like, a single clear sticker like holding it on and you kind of with one finger pull that off and you're looking at it to be like are there fingerprints all over this thing like it looks like it was repacked <laughs> by somebody 
and everything's fine. It was new. It, it fired up. Like everything's good. But I was like, like, and again, what matters is the product. But holy crap, zero thought was put into the into the consumer experience of opening this box. And I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on it real quick. Microsoft has definitely followed the Apple path um, because mm-hmm. this is the path I think that Apple pioneered with their products. Like when you bought a Mac and you opened it up. It just presented itself the way it was packaged and everything. So you got the right things at the right time and you knew what to do at every stage. <clears throat> it was crafted, the that experience, just like you're talking about of opening yeah. it and what you're supposed to see and when you're supposed to see it. And yeah, you're right. I mean, like Sony's just gone for, hey, it's a stereo in a box. I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a Sony product. They give it no more attention than they would a CD player. Yeah, it reminds me of during the Wii generation. Uh, I remember buying games and like, you know, it was great. You open up your game, you got your your book and your manual and something. And then like halfway through the generation, I bought a game and I'm like, why does this feel lighter? Like, this is just cheap. And you open it up yeah. and it's got the like recycled like things like cut out of the back. And it's like just cheap, light plastic. Yeah. And like, like you said, like I still bought the games like they, I wanted to play them. They were fun. I just felt a little worse about them from then on forward. And that, yeah, that's kind of how I felt about opening that up. Like, And I didn't have a Series X to even compare it to. Just comparing it to opening a PS3, PS4, like every other console I've owned. Like, yeah, this feels like, you know, I bought it from a reseller online and they're just, they did their best with what they had at home to pack it up and send it over. Right. Yeah, so that's an interesting point about the games because, yeah, I mean, over the years, of course, with manuals going away, and then it was, like, gradual because, like, the manuals were, like, full color. And then even, like, Genesis, full color manuals, and then later on, like, cardboard packaging, and then the manuals were black and white. And then, you know, some of the disc-based games were like, okay, there's no manual, but there was still, like, you know, like, the registration <laughs> and card. And then the like, cardboard ones, too, they didn't even, like, have a slot to put the manual. They're just like, well, shove it in the box somehow here. Shove yeah. it in, yeah. And then, and then with, uh, and then I, I, I think, I can't remember what game it was, but I remember the first time I bought a game, and I opened it up, and there was just nothing in there except the game. And I was like, this is... This is the minimal effort we have reached. (laughs) Every Switch game now is like that. Every Switch game, yeah, it was definitely a Switch game because the Xbox, even the because the disc based games, they still come with like some card or or other in there. Uh, My neighbor, when he bought me Hades, uh, it it came with a a book that's just got like really awesome art of every single uh, god that you're going to encounter in the game, and that's it. It like it's not an instruction manual. It doesn't tell you anything other than their name. It's just a thick book of art and it felt great to have that and to skim through it and it gives some weight to the package and i love it i don't know why these companies have not figured out that people are willing there's a market for premium products absolutely boutique right i like uh, it like it just hasn't clicked quite like microsoft has figured out oh people will pay for a really nice controller They've not made that next leap to anything else, though. You know what I mean? And you're like, why haven't yeah. they figured that out yet? Yeah, I feel I feel like there's a few like companies who haven't figured out, but like only on like the larger scale, like when like the two hundred and fifty dollars special edition comes out, or like limited run, where they're like, oh, like like the ultimate massive four hundred dollar collector yeah, edition. Yeah, th- there's but an there's in between there between. they need to hit. Yep. There's nothing between like the zero, the minimal effort edition, and the you don't have a mortgage to pay edition. Like just like 
just that extra because I feel like every game when I was buying games in like you know high school college there was a $10 version sorry there was like the retail version and then there was like a $10 boosted version whether it was a steel case or you know like some special edition and like then that kind of went to like oh the 10 plus $10 gets you like you know extra DLC and then they kind of realized well, we don't need to package that separate we'll just sell the DLC we'll do, you know like so they kind of went away a little bit but yeah, I'm I'm surprised that there's not like a regular, and I think the you know the supply chain issues that everyone's already sick of talking about are part of the issue where it's hard to you know kind of plan multiple versions of each game and you know not I, know about I the, did the planning back a couple limited run games and I know they're always you know a long wait but I got emails just like last week that are like hey it, we're pushing it a quarter for both of these things again. I can understand like hardware. I mean, yeah, there's chip shortages yeah. and things, but plastic discs and cases no yeah. there's no shortage for that stuff i mean and you can do it just a little like again right like would you i mean would you buy a game for ten dollars more if it had like a nice color manual in it yeah like project triangle strategies coming out soon like if there was a 60 dollars version that was just the game case and the cart and a 70 dollars version that had a manual like yeah i'm getting the 70 dollars version that's a no-brainer right. and how much how much more work is that for them none <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't so, understand i really don't understand how okay even like oh well we can't make 15 dollars more oh, 20 dollars yeah. more I mean, there's so a there's limit, a um, so there's a. I, I was actually thinking recently. I'm like, oh, you know, I ordered this hoodie from Bungie because Bungie has this thing where like you do a thing in a season of the game, and then once you like achieve that thing, it's like okay, like you can buy, you know, this T-shirt or this hoodie. It's like you know your like reward for you know doing that in the game is you earn the right to buy this thing. So I ordered this hoodie back in I think like late July, early August. And it was like, you know, like, yeah, expected to ship, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, Q1 of next year. So, yeah, so I bought it. Uh, Good looking hoodie. And so just recently I thought about it. I'm like, oh, I wonder what the deal is on that. So I checked the product page and it says, you know, like estimated to be shipping in January. I'm like, okay, you know, so that'll be coming soon. And then Bungie store Twitter account tweeted just like a few days ago. um, Like, hey, like, here's, you know, like the U.S. shipping updates, you know, for, for January. And in production, uh, expunge hoodie. If you ordered it, you know from July 12th to August 31st, these are more than a month out. In transit to fulfillment centers, if you ordered the hoodie, like you know July to you know like this date or whatever, eight to ten weeks out. Um, you know shipping now. Uh, expect a tracking number soon. So I'm like, man, like they. You know, I ordered that, this thing. That's rough for a hoodie, especially during COVID and Christmas, because you probably gained 50 pounds since you ordered it now, and you need a different size. So, so happy news. I went the other way. <laughs> I mean the average consumer. The, oh, right, right, exactly. Yeah, so like this time of year, like people packing on, right? So I, uh, in, uh, I ordered an XL when I ordered it. I've lost 30 pounds since I ordered it. So You're I pinged their support, thing. and I was like, hey – um, is there any way I could, because they always do like extra quantities for exchanges and stuff. So I was like, hey, is there any way I could change it to a large instead of an XL? Because I've, I've lost some weight, you know, since I ordered it. And I got like the most unhelpful uh, uh, support person like message back. It was actually comical. Uh, it was like, 
oh, like if uh, like uh, this is a pre-order item, like you can't change it. If you wanted to like cancel it and order it again, it would be like another like three to four months like before oh, you got yeah. it. And I was and I said like, wait a minute, like th- this. It, you, it's not available for pre-order still. Like, are like, are you still making them? Like, if I canceled it and reordered it, it would take like three or four months. And then they said back, like in an email, like, uh, oh, like, uh, no, like you can't, like, uh, uh, if you cancel the order, like you wouldn't be able to order one again. I'm like, well, why did you tell? <laughs> it was just, yeah. He's so gonna send you I'm a double do... XL now just to rub the salt in the wounds. Man. So now I'm going to have to wait till it shows up and then like go to like the actual like store customer service and be like, Hey, I need this swapped out. You sent me the wrong size. (laughs) 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 Then have them send me the right one. But yeah, it's, uh, uh, that, that supply chain is no, no fun. So, um, all right. Yeah. We, we don't have to mention that. So, so yeah. So let's get to, uh, our main topic, uh, which, uh, is, the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft. And if this didn't cause you to spit out whatever beverage you happen to be drinking at the time, you must not have been drinking at the time because I remember <laughs> I was in a Discord not I was in a Discord like with some Lego guys just chatting about something and somebody said like WTF like Microsoft is buying Activision Blizzard and I was not drinking coffee luckily uh, so I didn't have any damage to my mouse or keyboard or monitor and I went immediately to like Polygon or like whatever news site comes out and there it is like Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard for an obscene amount of money uh, uh, nearly 70 billion dollars um, so uh uh, just a couple notes about it. Um, this deal is expected to close in Microsoft's fiscal year 23, which ends in June of 2023. So uh, it's expected to go under a lot of scrutiny uh, from all the uh, different, you know, like management and um, what's the word, like oversight uh, agencies that like make sure that all the, uh, you know, the, the T's are dotted and the I's are crossed or however it is that you say that. Um so um, I thought it would be uh, good to just kind of recap some of the spending uh, that Microsoft has done to acquire some uh, some uh, studios in the past, you know, uh, in the recent history. But before we do that, uh, Kelsey, will you always remember where you were when you heard that Microsoft was buying your beloved uh, Tony Hawk uh, Activision? On the toilet, scrolling by Twitter. <laughs> and I yelled out to my son, <laughs> and he didn't care or understand or know. Can we get T-shirts made with that uh, image? Yeah, I'll, I'll have them in the mail in three to four months. Uh, make sure you pick the right size the first time. <laughs> oh, but only if you have Kelsey's NFT. Yeah. <laughs> no, That's let's a whole not other, even start down that path. Whole another conversation, but yeah, uh, Chris, uh, where were you? When you when you heard the news the day the music died, I was I was working, and uh, I just you know sometimes when you're working you just like I'm gonna take a quick break and look, flip through Twitter for a minute and went yep okay all right yeah. I mean <laughs> I don't know I mean I understand the gravity of it I don't know if it makes me feel a whole lot different but we'll get into all that I mean but it's a lot of money yeah. I mean it's no it's not it's yeah. not chump change. 
My yeah, my favorite I, thing I, I saw I, on Twitter about that was like, why couldn't they have spent 0.3 billion more dollars for the culture? Like, this would have been <laughs> the best memes for months. <laughs> uh, the thing that got me though, and I don't know if this is true because I didn't bother to look it up. Somebody else, like on a tweet, said just for perspective, and they showed like the market valuation of Nintendo. And it was less. It's like they yeah, could have yeah. bought a Nintendo. Obviously, Nintendo's not for sale. But exactly right. You know what I'm saying? That's how big yeah. it, it starts. Well, well, it starts making me because when you see that amount of money, and you know, like big numbers get thrown around a lot, right? Like with Wall Street and with acquisitions, and like, oh, you know, this is a trillion dollar industry, you know, things like that. But you know, when you look at that number, it's you know, to put it in perspective, like when you know. And we'll get into this as well, but like when when Microsoft acquired you know Mojang and Minecraft, you know for a fraction of this, and then again we'll also get into this. But when they acquired you know Zenimax and Bethesda, because we tr- we try to go like apples apples to apples. So like when you compare it to like you know the value of a sports team, it's like it's different because you know different businesses and like you know concessions and licensing and all that stuff. But but yeah, it's it's just it's a huge amount of money, and also. I thought it was interesting because the deal's not final yet, but it didn't say like nothing I've I've read says oh like Microsoft is is to acquire or like plans on acquiring no, or is in the process I of acquiring. Yeah. Everything I've seen is like it's they acquired, it's done, and now it's just all the like the the paperwork so, and stuff like that. But. Here's two numbers that helped me have like some perspective for it. So the first one is this is the same amount of money as the 15 previous largest acquisitions in gaming. All 15 combined equal this. Yeah. <laughs> say, this is like a Bezos. He paid like a Bezos yeah. to get an Activision Blizzard, right? And, and the other yeah. one that I saw is, um, so the, the amount of this sale is half of Microsoft's cash. Not Xbox gaming division. Microsoft, the the second biggest company in the world, used half of their money just for this gaming acquisition. But here's the thing, right? And and this is this is why I think things fell the way they fell, is that Activision has been getting the tar beat out of them with oh, all yeah. of their problems, and their stock is taking a beating, right? Yes. They definitely saw an opportunity that may not have been there. Right? A year ago? Two years ago? I don't think this could have been in the cards. I I agree with you 100%. Yeah, they they saw their moment and and chose to strike. And honestly, it's probably a a wise. They they probably made a good bet. For Xbox? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and And I'm sure we'll talk about this about you know yeah i think the first thing that hit me when i saw it just was what the what the heck does sony do because sony doesn't yeah. have this cash they can't nope. do this i mean they can do some smaller grabs which i think they almost have to at this point in time i, I think everyone's waiting for that now yeah in the next six months they're expecting sony to do something as big as they're able to yeah, and I don't know how we want to tackle this conversation. I don't want to step over anything, but I mean, that's obviously a lot to talk about there and how this plays out. I mean, to me, it's obvious that all of this is about Game Pass. 
that's all of this is about gaming as a service and we want to have you on a monthly dole and we want guaranteed income yeah if if the if the bethesda acquisition didn't like make it sink in that they were serious and this is a (laughs) long-term plan like this definitely you know spells that out for everybody who is who is not picking that up so, so real quick, uh, let's do a short recap of what uh, has has transpired um, mainly, um, not just very recently, but like you know previous to this. So, so Microsoft enjoyed a very healthy and successful uh, uh, time of business in the 360 era. Um, they did very well. They sold very well. Um, everything is 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 going great, and then the Xbox. Uh, uh, six, the, the 360 successor comes out in the Xbox uh, One, and it's a whole nother conversation to go into the depths of you know the missteps that were taken early on, and the focus on media and like kind of like the one box, you know, like the the, the single box strategy with multimedia connect, um, and with Sony taking the appropriate steps to make sure that their hardware didn't have the same you know kind of idiosyncrasies and weird uh, things that the that the PlayStation 3 era had and just came out of the gate screaming and never looked back and I don't think Microsoft was prepared for the level of performance that they had in that generation and all you all you saw and heard rumors about kind of internally were you know it's a big ship it takes a long time to change course, but I don't want to be Microsoft's competitors right now because they are now focused. Like so, now you have the like, one of the companies in electronics and 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 computer software entertainment with more money than anybody in the world has, more resources almost than anybody, and they are now like focused on on a goal to go in a certain direction. And we heard that for a long time, and it's like okay, like well, what are they doing? And every E3, you would kind of wait for like you know, like the next big announcement. So, so let's just kind of go yeah, through just, a little bit. Just to bounce off what you said before we do that, um, for me, for years, like you've always heard too that like Microsoft just kind of, and, and especially if you know the history of the early Xbox, Microsoft just kind of tolerates Xbox. They're not like, oh, we're making tons of money from the gaming division. They're just like, you're barely profitable enough that we will let you do this for one more year. And it, when the Xbox One came out, it kind of felt like, is this it? Like, are they going to keep going or is Microsoft going to finally shut them down? And this kind of shows that Microsoft has full confidence in this plan and they are willing to put everything behind it. I think this, I think you've got to give this all to Phil Spencer. Um, Don Matrick was a train wreck and <laughs> yeah. he was the, the head of that whole, uh, you know, mess that was the xbox one and it's remember all the changing and messaging and all the i mean it was just a mess it was and and then he just poorly yeah like yeah of course yeah Yeah, no yeah and phil spencer comes in and basically resurrects uh uh, you know a sunken ship (laughs) and not only does he turn it into something good i mean really is now like bill said that the ship has turned right and now they're like look no we we have the top we have the top hardware we've got the best hardware we also have an entry market level 
piece of hardware. We care about Game Pass, and we want a monthly hook out of every one of our customers. We're willing to give everything away to get there, right? Or we're willing to spend whatever it takes because they see how Netflix works, right? Once you're hooked, yep. once that's coming out of your account every month, you don't think about it anymore. It's just a thing that happens, and now they got you. And they, they can eventually raise your prices, and and they can do yep. everything just- else. Yep, just just make it valuable, like make make it something that people you know like want to want to you know get started with, and then continue to add value to it. Like yeah. if if Netflix came out and said, okay, like here are the movies that are on Netflix. Like I used to cancel Netflix when there was nothing that I wanted to watch on it. You know, in the days when it was just movies, like before original content, and then someone at some point figured out. Oh, content is king, which is what Kelsey's been saying forever. He's like, I do not care what the hardware does. I don't care about gigaflops. I don't care about Googleplex. Like, I do not care. Does it have good stuff on it? That's what I want. So Netflix is like, all right, let's just put a billion of our dollars into just making content that you can't get anywhere else. And then everyone, and then that was very successful. And now it's like, okay, Amazon Prime is like, all right, we got to make originals. Apple TV comes, we got to make originals. So it used to be, ooh, we have all the movies that you want to watch. And now it's like, okay, that doesn't matter. Everybody's got movies. What doesn't everyone else have? The games that we have, right? Or like, sorry, the content we have. So yeah, that and that Game Pass thing, I think what what's, and I'm not a fly on the wall in those meetings, but if you're Phil Spencer and you're trying to convince Microsoft, hey guys, can I have $70 billion? <laughs> like, I, I have a plan. You're probably saying to them, Hey, I know what you guys really like. I know you guys really like Office 365. <laughs> oh, of course we do. We love Office 365. We we get we, we just get recurring income. And he's like, okay, I have I have something I want to run by you. <laughs> Let's do that <laughs> exact thing. And then they're like, okay, sold. Do it. Show me. And this is a stat that I had for later uh, in the call after we go through the recap, but. Game Pass has 25 million subscribers, up from 18 million last January. That is not a small amount of growth. And now, and do we th- and do we think right? they're gonna? Yeah, and do we think they're gonna get more subscribers after this happens or less? Of course, they're gonna get more. And if they raise the price, people are gonna say, "Yeah, that makes sense," because I'm getting a billion more things now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, that, so I mean, we're we're gonna get into a bunch of this stuff. Um, is it cool if we just uh, go yeah, real yeah. quick through so some so of the, we keep the up stuff? And, yeah, that, let's do it. Yeah. No, this no this this is all really good stuff. So I'm I'm really glad that we're that we're getting it out there. So, um, uh, so in we won't go back to the beginning of history, but we'll we'll just start with Halo, <laughs> um, since we're trying to talk about you know like exclusive stuff that Microsoft has or to kind of bring people Can, to the platform. I want to add one to your list to a big one that you missed here. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So in 2002. Yeah, you, they acquired Rare, which was a huge deal at the time. Yeah. It was, and I, I didn't, and I, sh- I should have put it on here. Um, so when they acquired Rare, I remember being excited for Grab by the Ghoulies, and it was a fun game. I liked it a lot, and then it just kind of like went quiet for a long time. And I know Sea of Thieves is like a, a big deal for a lot of people, um, but yeah, you're right. It's, this should have been another one that I had on my list because Rare was. Have you forgotten Rare about was... Perfect Dark Zero? I must cameo? have, having never played it. <laughs> yeah, Cameo, it was an early 360 title. Both of those were right. launch games, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
So um so yeah so Halo has always been a Microsoft exclusive between like the PC and uh, uh and the, the the Xbox platforms. So this one's kind of a weird one because Microsoft acquired Bungie in 2000, and then it, seven years later Bungie split from Microsoft, but Microsoft retained the IP. So Bungie kind of just like you know separated and they're like okay like don't worry about it like we we have plans and it ended up working out okay for Bungie, and in like a weird twist of irony. Bungie would end up in a deal with Activision and then ended up doing the same thing. They split from Activision. So like could you imagine if they were still with Activision <laughs> and they just got sold back to Microsoft like uh like some people have been. There's been several stories that yeah. people like, you know, like left Microsoft to go to another studio and it's like, oh, surprise. <laughs> You're a Microsoft employee again. So um so yeah, so that so that's, you know, one kind of big thing that Microsoft always had. And then with Gears of War, again was already a microsoft exclusive but it was actually owned by epic until microsoft acquired it in 2014 and they you know kind of created the coalition and they handed that off to uh you know a team to kind of like redo the uh uh the gears of war like remastered and you know kind of like work on five and that whole you know multiplayer um you know a strategy there and then probably the, the first like big one where you start talking like billions was Minecraft uh, and Mojang, and this is back in 2014 when Minecraft is it's pretty big. I don't know if it was like really like hugely on my radar as much as it is now, but this it was a pretty pretty big deal, and it, like to me, I knew that Minecraft was a thing, but like when Microsoft threw that amount of money at it, I was like, ooh, they must really really think or know that this is just going to be a cash cow. And looking at it since then, not just in the video games. Because like with the endless, you know, like the like the you know the, the the DLC content that gets sold, but licensing, apparel, Lego, you know, like all the different things you can do with Minecraft. Like, and when you see figures like there are like Minecraft mod makers that are making 350 million, you know, Microsoft is doing uh, quite well with that. Yeah, uh, Minecraft they, they've more than, than made their two and a half billion back at this point. Yeah, yeah. several times so, over. Um, yeah, for sure. And just and then well, and just. Because I think this is, might be important to the later conversation is that yeah. they've had no problem making that multi-platform, right? Because they understand mm. it's so that they can make so much more than just restricting it to their platform if they go that way. And I, not every Absolutely, IP works yeah. that way, but I, Minecraft no, yeah, is its and, own monster. Yes, and, and, and that's a really good point. And a lot of we'll that get, we'll get into other examples where that is happening. Yeah, that that a lot of that cross-platform infrastructure existed before it too so they would have had to like take it away they weren't like making a new thing and then letting other people have it too right so uh and then so once you know we get a little bit further and you you know you've heard the stories where microsoft you know keeps and phil spencer keeps saying you know like our focus is games our focus is on you know quality first party stuff acquiring studios that'll make quality stuff that you're only going to get on xbox so we hear that a little bit and it's like yeah, I know we have Halo. Yeah, I know we have Minecraft. I know we have Gears, but it's the same thing on other platforms where it's like, you know, these these are the exclusive games, and it's like, yeah, but what if what if I'm not into you know like those two or three games, right? So they really they had a little bit of a um of a diversity problem where you couldn't really like point to like you know that many kind of like you know things across the board that were exclusive. So this is where it starts to get like a, a, a little bit more varied. In 2018, when they announced that it, they acquired Ninja Theory, which was my personal like most excited uh, that I got about it, being a big fan of uh, the Enslaved 
um, yeah, uh, a, game a that cool I had studio. played. Um, and having you know subsequently enjoyed Hellblade and looking forward to Hellblade too. Um, Undead Labs, even though I haven't played State of Decay, uh, was a very uh, I think still is a very popular um, uh, very popular game. Uh, Compulsion Studios, um, who uh, made uh, We Happy Few, which is kind of drawn like those Bioshock uh, comparisons and was available on Early Access and on Game Pass. And the other big one I was excited about is Playground Games, um, So the who does uh, the Forza Horizon games, and uh, kind of like the offshoot of the, uh, of the Forza Motorsport. So this is a big year for them, because just five months later, they announced that they acquire Obsidian, uh, which Chris was excited about because he's waiting on Fallout New Vegas Remastered. <laughs> um, or he'll just play the original one over and over again. And then so they subsequently uh, uh, came out with uh, The Outer Worlds, and The Outer Worlds 2 uh, will be coming out. Uh, In Exile, um, who uh, did Wasteland, 2019 comes, they acquire Double Fine, acquiring their back catalog for Game Pass, and Psychonauts 2, which you can hear all about on the episode of the Collector Cast that you are currently listening to now as well as future episodes uh, as we continue to play it. Um, and then, in 2020, the big one, or so we thought at the time, when Microsoft acquires ZeniMax Media and Bethesda Softworks for around $8 billion in ca- $8 billion. Could you imagine spending more than $8 billion on acquiring some video game stuff? So uh, the Bethesda catalog includes, uh, you know, kind of current uh, uh, titles such as um, Dishonored, Prey, The Evil Within, the Elder Scrolls series, uh, as well as classics like Doom, Wolfenstein, Quake, and the upcoming exclusive to uh, Xbox and PC, Starfield. So this was a huge deal. So let's let's pause here real quick. And so, like Chris has already said. Uh, it, like about this current Activision Blizzard deal, if you didn't think Microsoft was serious before, like what what does this tell you? So to me, up till this point, before the the Zenimax, th- I, I think you could have said the same thing. Like okay, like you know they've acquired some good stuff, some some good good stuff, but nothing that you'd point to and be like you know that's a that's a God of War, you know like that is a that is like top of the mountain type stuff. And then Zenimax happens, and then so the first thought you have is like, you know, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, you know, like the these are like the heavy hitters, and this is one for the first time ever because like when they acquired Double, as much as I love Double Fine, and as much as I love uh, um, uh, Ninja Theory, it's like oh, you know, like okay, you know, if if I can't play Hellblade, you know, I guess I'll play other stuff, but like this is the first time that people were like, what if the new Elder Scrolls? what if the new Elder Scrolls isn't on, you know, other platforms? Like, this is when people kind of first started having those whispers. So, to me, this was the beginning of, like, man, are they ever serious? And then this recent acquisition just kind of put it into overdrive. So, well, let's just talk real quick about the Zenimax acquisition, if you remember kind of, like, what an impact that was. Well, and not that, again, I'm trying to divert, but one thing I think, that it wasn't an ac- acquisition, but I think another thing that still plays in his hand was the partnership with EA to bring EA play under under Game Pass. Yeah. So, I mean, they didn't have to buy them. They just got yeah. the EA back catalog in their product. And obviously yeah. for some good cut of the cash. But, 
but yeah, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about Zenimax. I mean, that that that's a super super great point because we talked before about just adding value to Game Pass, make it more valuable, so it makes it more enticing for people to add to the subscription and give people access to EA stuff, so that EA is happy. But like, so that when they added the EA catalog, that's how I got Jedi Fallen Order, right? Like, it just made it a better and and. They did it cross with um, uh, EA Play on PC as well. So even stuff that wasn't on like Xbox, the Xbox Store on PC, I could just load up EA Play and like all that stuff is on there. I tried Titanfall 2 for a little while. Why not? You know? Yeah, and I, it makes you start to look like who else is left? Y- yeah. Y- Ubisoft? <laughs> Ubisoft. I was um, thinking, yeah. Other than that, I mean, it's first EA, party. take two. No, nobody's buying EA, right? So well, I would have said nobody was buying Activision last week. <laughs> but, but I mean, Microsoft doesn't need to buy EA. They've got this partnership now. They're both like, "Hey, man, let's put our hands on this cash they don't now and share it." Need to, but could you imagine? Like, I know none of us would care other than than Bill once a year uh, if sports <laughs> games were not available on Sony. Like, how many people would that drive to one platform? More than Activision, I think. I think we'll get to this at some point in time. I mean, I, I think, though, if it ever became an option, I don't think Microsoft would have one iota of problem with Game Pass on PlayStation 5 or Game oh, Pass no, on not. Switch yeah. or anything else. Yeah, Game Pass on Switch has been rumored for a long time, and the talks are kind of like heating back up now that, you know, this is a thing, and with all the games that are already, I mean, like you got Overwatch and like Diablo, like all the stuff that's already on Switch. Um, so, so real quick, before we get off NHL real quick, since uh, Kelsey brought it up. Yeah, you um, did it. Kelsey, I, I've never, uh, I was watching Letterkenny recently, and they were talking about the NHL hockey games, and they kept calling it Chell. Like C H E L, and I was like, "What are they talking about?" And I thought, "Like, is this like a mode in like these games?" So I had to look it up, like an American idiot, and I didn't realize that that's just what Canadians like colloquially call like the NHL games and the NHL in general. They just call it Chell. Canadian Hockey League is that why? No, because no. N H L N H L Chell. Oh, they just shorten N H L to Chell. Okay. I, I think it's more and, common in East. I live very West, but I have heard that a handful of times locally. Yeah. Like, like, bro, you want to play Chell tonight? Yeah, let's play some Chell. Oh, you know I'm up at the Chell, bud. And I'm like, what are they saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to throw that in there real quick. But, but yeah. So, um, but you know, that's a really good point about EA. Yeah. I, and so, I mean, yeah, but going back to Zinimax, though, I, I, I think there's, yeah, that's Zinimax, sorry. Yeah, I know it's hard to keep. I mean, because it's yeah. kind of hard to stay on track with this because this it does just getting so big. But I mean, yeah, I I don't. Hmm. Obviously, Bethesda has been, let's say, distracted recently with the excursions into Fallout seventy six and Elder Scrolls Online. I mean, I'm sure they have a player base that's there. I think most people that are excited about Bethesda don't want that. They want the next or big... They're, they're thinking about the future, right. yeah. They say, I, I, would want, ag- I would agree with you. I want the next Fallout. I want the next Elder yeah. Scrolls game that I've been waiting a decade for, and you still have never announced anything. 
right? I and I think Microsoft. Well, no, we we have it. We have a, a CG <laughs> uh, flyover of a uh, generic land <laughs> with 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 a no subtitle. <laughs> Elder Scrolls Six, right? Yeah. The Elder Scrolls the Sixth. But I mean, I think Microsoft can go. Hey, we're big enough. We have enough cash where you can focus on these single player experiences and not have to worry about these dumb little offshoots all the time to try to right. make cash to stay afloat. You know what I mean? Which, which, yeah, which is the whole reason why Bungie wanted to get away from... I mean, I, I don't know about if it's that's what they wanted to get away from in the Microsoft days, because it was a much, much different world back then, but it's why they wanted to get away from Activision, where Activision was like, okay, you got to put on a major release every two years for 60 bucks and then sell $30 expansions three times a year. That's what you got to do. And they were like, we don't want to do that. So they did it for the first year because they were like, we'll do it your way. And they were like, now we want to do it our way. We'll do like $10 seasons and not have a $60 product. And they were like, well, you're doing a major, major revision. So like, okay, we'll do like a $30 or $40 kind of, you know, like good size like upgrade and then $10 seasons. And like it was just a constant fight. So they got away from that. And now they're like, all right, here it is. Like here's our one, you know, like uh, – one new thing and like we're just going to support this for a while so i think not having that pressure from like because if microsoft only has a few things they got to push everyone like you gotta you know do this but like since they have so much now they can say don't worry about it you take your time you make your thing we have this other stuff going over here you you'll be good and you don't need to worry about that anymore because you have the subscription base of game pass you're not selling it you don't have to worry about you're not selling a one and done that never yep. happens. You're perpetually yeah. leasing everything in the catalog. You don't. Yeah. You don't need to worry about is there's a million transactions built into this. The system right. is all the million transactions. Yeah. And and someone asked uh, Major Nelson when I was at the uh, the the Xbox Live uh, podcast several years ago at PAX East. They said, "Can you talk about how game developers get paid when their games on Game Pass?" And he says, I can't because it's it's not like a standard thing like on the EA, sorry, on the Epic Game Store and the Steam Store. We know what those percentages are. Mm -hmm. We know how much Steam gets. We know how much the developer gets and how much, you know, all that stuff with like a subscription service like this. Like it's all like contract based. It's all, you know, there's all different things to it. And he says, you know, like, I'm not going to say that, you know, there's there's. There's not, you know, conversations that we have with, like, different people where we're like, okay, we'll we'll make it work and stuff. But he said, you know, what I can tell you is we don't have, like, a deluge of, uh, you know, developers trying to get away from Game Pass. We have games that are like, we want our thing to be on Game Pass because they know they're going to get perpetually paid. And, more and like, all the stats they have, more people play – sorry, people play more games – when they have Game Pass versus, like, even if they spend the same amount of money, the people who spend, like, $100 on Game Pass versus $100 on just games, they play more games with Game Pass. So, like, just all the stats are in their favor. Well, they don't, there's never that, that's the trick of the subscription models. You never have that pain point when you have to yeah. spend the $60, $70, right? Yeah. When you go, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, 69 bucks on Dishonored. Right. There's, oh, I'll, I'll wait till it's in the there's bin. no friction. And now no you, friction. you fire up Game Pass, and it's like, I am moderately curious about Octopath Traveler. 
I will download it and play it. You know, it takes all of that away, and we play so much yeah, more. Yeah, because you'll give things a try you would never have wasted any time on. You just wouldn't have, because you'd be like, Absolutely. I don't want to spend $40 on that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the idea. Is it perfect for everybody? No, I don't know if I'll renew mine, but is it a good for Microsoft and shareholders? Oh, yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. <laughs> good for this guy well there you go right and i get it like <laughs> i understand if somebody why they want to do it right um yeah i mean i, I can't argue again, especially with bringing on everything they're bringing on now but i think that's it they can go back to activision and go hey this crap that you've been having to shove out and do like a call of duty machine right we don't necessarily have to do it that way anymore right yeah and I, i'm i'm this is a, for further on in the conversation, but I'm really curious because, like, they have their free-to-play Call of Duty, and I'm not a Call of Duty guy. I'm pretty sure that one's Vanguard. Uh, Warzone. But I think Call of Duty. Oh, Warzone. Sorry. So Call of Duty Warzone is like the free battle royale one that like anybody can download and play. So it's like if you have that and you support it with, you know, I don't know, like some new guns, some new skins, some like a new map or something like that. Just have that thing. Like, that's fine. And then let's say instead of every year pumping out like a new, you know, like a, a single player one, we can ease that up and we can, you know, do that every two years. And, we, you know, so it's the, the idea is to take pressure off, um, I, I hope, um, you know, besides, you know, just making a ton of money. So uh, with the with the acquisition of Activision Blizzard, Microsoft gains pretty much the rest of the games um to uh, to chris's point earlier kind of like you know like who all who all is left so we mentioned call of duty so Diablo. Th i think there's more left than we're thinking too because like there like we mentioned ea ubisoft uh take two rockstar but there's still like capcom square enix uh, sega konami like th there's i i will bunch. agree with you there but those are japanese companies and they're not that's japanese business yes. right they're they're yeah. not going to be talking to microsoft about this stuff i think that's where no 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 but that might be where sony's forced no, to go to the cave we have all the square enix stuff like sony has to think about that i think they have to be thinking i think they have to be thinking about a bandai namco or a I don't even know if Capcom's big enough. Like I said, I think they need to think about a Bandai Namco, a Square Enix, that level. Right. So um, it, it was interesting. Somebody pointed out, um, does this mean if, if Activision had Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> does that mean that Microsoft owns Crash Bandicoot now? Like, isn't that a weird turnaround? Yeah, my favorite um, meme on that is uh, that scene in, I think it's Uncharted 4, where Nathan Drake's playing Crash Bandicoot. They're like, look at Nathan Drake enjoying the latest Xbox exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember where I heard it. It was like on something else, uh, I don't know, video or something, and they were talking about they ought to remake the old Crash Bandicoot ads where he was out in front of nintendo with like the speaker and now do it like where he's out in front of the sony yeah. headquarters is, is phil spencer in yeah. the costume uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, that was my favorite meme that i saw it was like uh, uh like how to share a game uh on xbox 2022 version <laughs> and it's like remember like where there's like he's like handing the playstation yeah. like game to his buddy but it's like phil spencer <laughs> like with call of duty oh. <laughs> like handing it <laughs> 
So, and, and, and we should say, um, uh, uh, Microsoft and Phil Spencer specifically have come out and said, we understand that there are people playing Activision Blizzard games on other platforms. It is not our intent. I'm not, I'm paraphrasing, but he's saying it is not our intention to pull those games uh, away from those players on those platforms. I think, um, I think he said, well, he's, that's ex- that- I think he's basically saying we have there contractual obligations that we'll, we're, <laughs> we will honor. And we're all about supporting players. I think things like you talk about, like Call of Duty Warzone or whatever that thing, yeah, that'll probably stay on PlayStation. I think you're silly if you think at some point in time. uh, Yeah, I think at some point in time, once contractual obligations are done, you're not going to see a Call of Duty on PlayStation. I think there's going to be, like, so I I mean, who knows? I think there's going to be plenty of exclusives. I also think there's going to be some instances where they where they allow that that you know kind of cross borders. It's not going to be everything, but I don't think they're going to say okay once once it's over you guys get absolutely nothing. I but I think it's going to be I think it's going to be more than people think it might be. Uh, I don't see you know, why so they like, would not do. Yeah, that. I'm I'm in the opposite I'm, camp for that one. Yeah. And I don't say that to be mean or gloomy. I mean, if I'm a shareholder, if mm-hmm. I'm an exec, why on earth would I do that? I mean, I want to sell Game Pass. I don't care about anything but selling Game Pass to as many people as I can sell Game Pass to. Do I have Game Pass on the PlayStation? No. Okay, then, uh, no, don't give them anything. Do they want Game Pass on PlayStation? Okay, give them everything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that has to so- be the mindset. So you don't think that they're all for selling like more copies of that game? I think no. Minecraft is its own weird thing mm-hmm. that transcends gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Call of Duty does that. I don't think I, I of think anything that Activision think, owns that does that. Yeah, I think Chris is totally right here with Game Pass is the focus and beyond game pass like you can monetize the games in game pass so even stuff that isn't as obvious like minecraft dungeons like you can buy stuff in minecraft dungeons even though that's free on game pass so why would they give you overwatch on the playstation when they can double sell you overwatch on the xbox yeah i just don't see any i don't see why they would do it i'm like i said the free-to-play sort of stuff Sure, because that doesn't yeah, matter, we're, right? Nobody's paying for it anyway. Over. If you buy a skin, then we still get the money from the skin or whatever. We don't care where you play it. Gotcha. Other things, so, though? So, so, you're, so, so you're thinking, like, whatever year it is, like, if they have a contract that says, okay, like, we've got, you know, things coming to PlayStation through 26 or whatever it is, you think, like, starting in 27, zero games are go, are going cross after that point, except for, like, you know, a couple outliers here yeah. and there, like, yeah. the Minecraft. I think you're free to play is that yeah. sort of stuff, sure. Because it's that's a different model. It's its own thing. Yeah. Um, these these titles like a Call of Duty or whatever, nah, uh-uh. Well, you'd be, mm. I think you'd be dumb to put resources into doing that. I mean, because again, I don't care about selling Call. At the end of the day, do I care about selling Call of Duty? No. Will I sell Call of Duty mm. discs to people that want to buy it that don't want to pay for Game Pass? Sure. But is that my focus? Well, no. I want you to buy so here, Game Pass. So here's. Yeah, so I I know you're using disc as you know just meaning the game, but like that's another thing we haven't talked about is this is if this isn't the last console generation, 
that doesn't have optical media, it's like the second to last one that doesn't have optical I don't know media. If optical so. media. I think I would like to think there'll be some sort of media, but mm-hmm. I don't. I think this has got to be the end of optical. I don't think it makes any sense any, anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you go with so, some kind of a solid state device or something if you're going to do yeah, media, which. Yeah, or or cloud, which is another you know reason why. And and so to put it in that context, it's kind of surprising that Sony hasn't done something Game Pass like like before now. They're in trouble. I mean, if you yeah. ask me, they should have have had something Game Pass ish last year. Yeah. Um, and so if they're not, you know, lighting all the fires to figure that out now, I think they're in trouble because it's not going to be. A short thing to do is to make something like this. Yeah, infrastructure-wise, like, and yeah, and and you remember when when Microsoft launched Live, how when when PlayStation did their PlayStation Plus, like for years, it was just like, okay, this isn't as good. Like that that's going to be the same conversation when Sony ever launches their yeah. thing. They're like, yeah, it's like Game Pass, it just sucks, and you're going to take you know five right. years to catch up to them. If they can now with with all the studios they have, and that's I think Sony's problem is Sony doesn't have cash. They just don't have barrels of cash sitting around where they can just go right. hog wild like Microsoft has. They don't have yeah. the other revenue streams. The, the, so the the really good point you made um, earlier um, is that um, I forget how you I think you said it like you know that that like Mike like Kelsey did you say that um like uh, like Xbox is kind of like tolerated like. Their gaming division your th- for years, yeah. Gaming division, right? Yeah. For it's okay. Like you can do your thing. So like I, this is kind of a weird comparison, but for I was I, I used to really like Ford Mustangs because I dated a girl who drove one, and I drove this like <laughs> convertible V8 Mustang, and I was like, ooh, I like Mustangs now. Um, it turns out I just like V8s. I don't care if it's a Mustang or not. So um, I uh, uh, I kind of like looked into them, and I read this article, and it was like, uh, the Mustang doesn't make Ford any money. <laughs> like it costs a lot of money for the for you know for them to design it they don't sell very many of them like they're not profitable and uh uh and it says so like why do they do it it's like well because they make so much money with the ford f-150 that they can keep make you know with their trucks that they can keep doing the mustang and i always remember that that it's like so same thing like when i when you think about sony you think about sony as a, as a you know huge well like you know, world known company with their electron, with their you know products, with their you know um, you know electronics, TVs, stereos, you know CD players, Walkman, Discman, like whatever it may be, and you do think of Microsoft as this big company, but like people outside of the tech industry might not realize just how much cash is flowing into that company from how many places, from people, com- companies, corporations. We're like a small to medium-sized company. You would not believe the money that we pay Microsoft on a regular basis, <laughs> and there are millions of us yeah. paying them that money. Think of every business that uses Windows across the planet. Yeah. yeah. And Office. I mean, and, yep. and Exchange. And, 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 no, and Microsoft Server. And, Exchange. And SQL. And Azure. Right. Uh, you know, it's uh, Azure, uh, you know, like all the, all of like, so Azure is like its whole own other thing. So Azure is an extension <laughs> off of 365 because 365, it's like, all right, like here's the cloud, you know, based office subscription model. They're like, Hey, can we just do that with everything else in the, like the IT tech sector? Sure. It's called Azure. 
And it, it's one of these confusing things where people, well, what's Azure? Oh, it's the cloud. You know, everyone's got a cloud these days. But anything you want to do in the cloud with Microsoft, you do in Azure. You could host a server there, host a VM. You can just host uh, Kubernetes. You can host, uh, you know, just a SQL database. You don't want a whole server? Okay, just a SQL database. Do you want it to have a private IP? You got it. You want it to have a public yeah. IP? Sure. You want it to have a firewall? Okay, it's built in. And all of these things are just billed on yeah, a monthly and, basis, and, and they all just work. Does your database need to scale to meet demand automatically, right? You just bring yep. on load whenever you need it without having to do anything? Yep. Sure, we can yep. do that. Need to, add, need to add a VPN to it? You got it. Just link it right here. So it's like, it's so easy. It, we have we've moved so much stuff to Azure and I, you know, I, sometimes I just forget, you know, just how much money is flowing into that. And like, when you look at how many people they have to pay, it's like, man, they're making enough money to pay all those people and they still have billions and billions of dollars. There's so much money in that company. And for a while, it was kind of surprising that they weren't really kind of like making like these like enormous dents, but like, like, like you guys said earlier, someone gave Phil the go ahead and was well, like, "We're gonna let you run with did, this." Did you read the Washington Post article he just did like a couple days after the acquisition? No, I didn't see that. No, so he very much he's like, "We like what Nintendo's doing. We like what PlayStation's doing. We don't care. Like, we're not in competition with those guys." Like. We're in competition with Google. We're in competition with Amazon. We're in competition with Facebook. And they all have uh, a tech thing like associated with them. Like he's like Chrome, Google has Chrome and Facebook has social media and Amazon has, has uh, Prime and this and that. And he's like, so he's like with, he, he kept talking about Microsoft this time. He's always in the past talked about Xbox, but now he's like, we want people to go Microsoft gaming. The same way Google and Chrome go together, so he he's really well, trying to push beyond the our little console bubble that we've been in for decades. Well, I think that's it. I mean, I don't, I don't. It's not probably going to be much longer before, just like the Netflix app on your TV, there's going to be an Xbox Game Pass app. Oh, absolutely! That's what they want. Yes. Yeah, and so you'll do it everywhere. I like they're pushing it out on phones now, and obviously like PCs. But yeah, it's soon it's just going to be built into everything, right? You're just going to download a little app. So again, you know, if they'll let let them put that app on Switch or PlayStation, yeah, sure, rock and roll. But otherwise, like I said, like no, we're not playing. We're not playing your yeah. game. That's we're not in that same space. We're we're up here, and you're thinking down here somewhere, right? My, my, my buddy who uh, he's like a guy that we work with uh, we have him come in and do quotes and like we had we had lunch uh, uh, like last week and he's he's not like like you know like a uh, an all the time gamer like he, he plays with his kids here and there like you know just kind of like now and then he's the one who I told you guys about he beat Cuphead on easy and then didn't realize he had to go back and like get all the <laughs> contracts so we're chatting the other day and I'm like hey is there anything you've been playing and he's like oh yeah you know play, he has game pass he's like oh yeah I played this you know the, I played Hellblade that was really good and he's, and he's chatting and he's like, hey, have you heard of this like Microsoft Cloud thing? And I'm like, yeah, it's where like, you kind of stream the games, you don't have to download them or anything. He's like, I played through like the entire game. It was perfect. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool, right? And he's like, I wouldn't play, you know, like, uh, you know, something with like extreme, you know, like timing required on it. But he's like, for anything else, like it was great. And I'm just thinking, you know, for, for the average person who is just like, you know, going to like, you know, jump on and do a thing. 
uh, it's because before the apps were on TVs, it was like you know the little Roku sticks and the Fire sticks, and those are you know still big. People got them. It's it's kind of gonna be like I I I don't see a world where there's no console option, but I absolutely see a world where that app is on many devices yeah. and you just you know like link your controller to it. I think the console has to exist at least for quite some time because yeah, things that while. require low latency and com- competition it's either yep. got to be a PC or a device. I mean, you can't yeah. go through a cloud server, it's going to be trash. Yeah. Even as good like and I know Stadia is, you know, it's it's relatively, you know, still pretty young, but like I like I tried it and I'm like, "Hey, it works. I can absolutely play this game this way." And then I shut it off and I played it on my local hardware just because I know it's local hardware and I'm seeing it exactly. And I don't have to wonder, oh, is that artifacting because my connection yeah. you know, dipped a little bit? But, so I, know, I think for a while you need to have it. I mean, your, your pro-level esports stuff, right? They're, they're, mm-hmm. oh, you're too kind. I, I'm just like any <laughs> frames of lag is, is no, right? No, you don't right. get to add any frames of lag for anything. We don't care. Yeah. And for the longest time, it's like, all right, here's your wireless joystick. <laughs> oh, no, 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 right. no. <laughs> I mean, even that. I require a cable. Right, even that is like, and not even, okay, I mean, remember like the last generation when Microsoft, when you hooked it up through the cable, it sent the data through the wire. Through the wire, yeah. PS4 didn't, right? Yep. It just charged it and... Now, I, from what I understand, they changed that around on PlayStation 5, where now actually the data goes through the wire. Because, mm. I mean, for certain groups of gamers, you know, every they care. fraction yeah. of a second is critical. So, you know, I, I can't see it can replace everything, but, I mean, there's huge swaths of genres that it'll be just fine, be good enough. It doesn't excite me. I mean, I'll be honest. It doesn't excite me a whole lot. But, I mean, I totally understand it from a corporate perspective. So, um, we've already kind of... It's been been great. We've kind of, like, organically gone through, like, a handful of discussion points that I kind of had on here. Um, We mentioned Nintendo briefly, and we mentioned the possibility of, you know, like, the the rumor of Game Pass uh, app, like, possibly coming to the console. So, we've talked about Sony, about how, you know, everyone, I think... You know, expects them to do something big, whether it's an announcement, an acquisition, you know, like something to, you know, kind of let people know that they're that they're active. Um, but specifically, how do you guys feel about this, uh, the effect of this um, acquisition on Nintendo? Besides the fact that you know uh, they may, you know, lose some exclusivity on, you know, whether it's Overwatch or Diablo. What do you think Nintendo is thinking right now when they see this? Think, Are they kind I don't of? Nothing Nintendo cares yeah. at all. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Nintendo gives two craps about any of this. It's not their base. Like, I I, I had this written down somewhere. I I always feel like, you know, Nintendo is is just kind of worried. Like, they just worry about themselves. Because the way that, like, Phil was like, you know, like, we're not competing with, you know, like, Sony and, and Nintendo. Like, we're competing with the other guys. I feel like Nintendo's always thought that. Like, we're not competing with playstation or microsoft we don't need to have the the 8k hardware or even a network jack on our on our you know console right so i i see it affecting you know the the industry as a whole i just don't know if anyone at nintendo is panicking the way people at sony probably are panicking or sorry playstation are probably panicking i can't imagine that sounds right to me it matters they're they're 
new president's so private too it's hard to know his like direction of the company even uh, unless i guess you listen to shareholder meetings like he's not public like the last best couple have been um but yeah i i agree that they're probably not as worried as sony they like they've got a, a amazing first party studios already like so if they 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 will lose a little bit i'm sure like if maybe they won't get spyro and crash that might have come to their their console otherwise but they're 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 already not getting uh call of duty and and some of the biggest ones um yeah my 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 long-term worry with them would be more if like chris was saying like if namkai namco bandai gets eaten up by sony like they lose those games which you know are a great fit on the system if capcom gets eaten up they lose that stuff (laughs) and so all the like the double a kind of like there'll just be nintendo first party and little indies and nothing in between anymore is kind of my worry Mm. and eventually some of those indies can you know grow and and fill those spots hopefully but if, if everything keeps getting acquired you know do they like maybe it's just a nintendo machine at some point you know what's weird? I don't know why I think feel this way, but I almost think out of Nintendo and Sony, if one of them goes, it'll be Sony. I, I don't think Nintendo's Nintendo's just gonna keep just doing Nintendo's thing. Yeah. I, and I right. think there's enough of a market for their stuff and what they do. They'll be fine. Mm. They got lots of yeah. cash. They're okay. They're not looking to become a a Microsoft or a Google or uh, right. I don't know what Sony wants to be. I think yeah, they're harder to read, especially that they're they're not just a gaming company too. Like Bill was saying, like they're an electronics company. I know gaming has slowly went from being like the one they laughed about because it's like, how oh, we make stereos, we don't make PlayStations, to the opposite now. It's like yeah. we make our money from gaming, and you know we make TVs and stuff too, and phones and things, but become a big part of their their business but it's not the only part of their business so they no, they could like theoretically yeah they, they could drop or sell like out Sony and still be a company content. yeah and, and and again this is this is completely anecdotal but i feel like sony used to be like easily easily the top tv and this might be going back to like you know like eighties maybe early nineties, but it <laughs> yeah. was like Trinitrons. Sony, Sony was it like totally, and even like in the early like flat screen days. And I remember not thinking anything of the Samsung company name, and then all of a sudden like you know like Samsung like you started hearing about them like dude like Samsungs like they're not only are they great they cost less than the Sony and there were still some Sony like holdouts like oh I've always bought a Sony I'm always only ever going to buy a Sony and I still know people who are like that but honestly like I don't even see Sony talked about in displays you hear about LG the OLED you hear about the Samsung uh the Vizio like I don't even hear the mentions like when you when I mean, I'm sure they're still out there and they're still making good money but it's and I don't know if that's anecdotal just for me or if you guys kind of experience that same thing, but I I don't hear anyone talk about Sony Electronics. I think then in the CRT space, they had <laughs> such a better product and mm. they had their own manufacturing and they made. That's just not the way flat panels work. 
right? I mean, yeah. just that's not the same situation anymore. You know, the the fabs are not. Sony doesn't have some uh, that I know of some magical place where they're making their own panel technology specifically for them. It's probably all just sourced out of the same Chinese, you know, places that everybody else's junk is sourced out of. Yeah, they're built to a certain spec that Sony dictates, but it's probably right. in the same Foxconn megaplex that everything else is built <laughs> out of, right? And I think that's their problem. I think the problem is they went that way it's profitable right to a degree but then you lose that specialness uh you you've given away the manufacturing piece and and now you're just like everybody else right yeah so here like we just talked about nintendo but some my my fear for sony is that i i really like where they're at right now like I, I felt like everybody had their own separate niche where sony's was kind of mm. we have these big tentpole single player experiences you can't get anywhere else if you want the last of us if you want god of war if you want horizon like you come here this like you're gonna pay 70 bucks for it but you're gonna get like a 10 out of 10 like critically acclaimed masterpiece like once or twice a year we're gonna keep putting these out and that that's a different model than Xbox had. That's a different model than Nintendo had, and it and it kind of seemed to work. But if they're losing a big chunk of income from Call of Duty and Diablo and Tony Hawk and all these other games, they could just always rely on. Is it going to force them to change that business model to compete with Microsoft now? Like, I, I think they can still be successful and make money, but if they're not making as much money as their shareholders want, are they going to change their ship too? I just think you're right. I mean, they have those big first party tent pole things, but um, yeah, with their current system, they've they're in that old cycle where you yeah you're gonna sell your early copies for 70 bucks and then you're gonna slowly discount them down forever until you got your greatest hits for 20 bucks or whatever and and again mm -hmm. you're still focused on selling discs plastic discs to people and things instead of i've got joe and joe's gonna give me 15 bucks a month every single month forever yeah right even yeah, yeah even ignoring literal like physical discs like can you sell God of War 2 for 70 bucks if I can get Halo and Call of Duty and blah 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 and blah 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 for 25 bucks every single month? Like that that is a tough sell for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think that's it. Once you get to somebody, I, I'm going to guess, I mean it's not me, but I'm gonna guess there's a segment of gamers that will just get Game Pass and an Xbox or like, this is good enough. I'm good. I don't need to buy that's anything it, yeah. else. Right? Yeah. I'm going to put right. my little money into this every time. I'm going to play what's on here that I like, and I'm going to shuffle through. Maybe there's a new game this month. Right. If not, I'll play my good old Call of Duty or whatever, and I'll never bother to look anywhere else. And, and the thing is, they're like, so I have an Xbox, and I have a PlayStation. And so, like, for a lot of people um, that only choose one, and for this, the people who, like, who choose both, obviously the, the God of War, like, you have to get on, the, on Sony's platform. And so you never had a choice, you know, to go anywhere else. So now I think what happens is you have people who 
are I think the the proposition from Microsoft and it it's you pay a hundred and I think it's a hundred and fifty dollars a year about like full retail price like there's there's gonna be discounts and deals and stuff like that so I think it's like a hundred and fifty dollars a year so it's like what like the cost of like just over two games you know at, at full retail price so I think that's how they're they're gonna sell people on it but what's gonna happen is there's still gonna be people who have an Xbox with game pass and who have a PlayStation 5. But the only thing they're going to buy in the PlayStation 5 is the PlayStation exclusive and none of the other things, right? Mm -hmm. All the, the, the stuff that you can only get on Nintendo, they'll play there. Everything else, they'll just play on the Xbox because they have it through Game Pass. So I think you lose out on a ton of you know additional opportunity there. So I don't know what they can do besides, you know, get more exclusive deals, uh, acquire somebody. I don't know if a subscription service is going to do it uh, because, and, and like, like you said, like they're still in that old model, like trying to sell plastic discs, even like PlayStation Plus. It's like, all right, we're going to give you like a couple free games every month. It's like, all right, like that doesn't, that's what, you know, that's, that's what Xbox not as appealing as it was five ago. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's at, at first it was oh this is a cool thing let's let's keep doing that and then they had a really great idea with the PlayStation Collection where I was like it's it was brilliant for PlayStation Five owners to be able to just go back through this uh, catalog of great stuff especially with the pedigree that uh, Astro's Playroom had where it, it celebrated its back catalog and kind of got you like interested in looking back and then it's like oh you're interested like look right here we have all this cool stuff. So forever, I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to see what they add to it." And then it's like, "Oh no, they have no <laughs> no plans of adding to it. This is a stopgap before like the yeah. real thing that they the, do." It just dawned to me the way you described PlayStation Plus there, like the the same way they kind of got us used to like uh, microtransactions, where it was like, "Oh my God, horse armor!" Like I'm never buying that. And now it's <laughs> like, I will pay ten dollars for a dance, like because because we got used to it, and they were slowly able to yeah. move that bar on us where like we did it to them where it's like oh awesome two free games every month like this is such a deal and now yeah. it's like two free games that's nothing like give me i want you know 100 games for yeah. every month like yeah we like we get yeah. so used to it it just feels like nothing anymore when it used to feel special yeah well, I, I mean but think about it though. yeah like that playstation plus collection or whatever it is right yeah i mean they gave you a bunch of games but I mean, honestly, you could just go buy all those. You have like, like probably like ten bucks a piece. I mean, they're not like the craziest. Yeah. They're old stuff. They're, they're good, yeah. right? Yeah. But they're not even enhanced for the PlayStation Five. They're just even the same old no, games you could go buy for like are. ten bucks. Like, yeah. I was gonna say too, like PlayStation, like they've been around so much longer. They've got such a deeper uh, history than than Xbox. So if they did open up like their back catalog completely um it's huge but like now like even their like staples like spyro and the crash that like put them on the map like they don't have those like they can't put some of their tent poles on their own service now yeah i keep seeing some goofy stuff around twitter that i don't haven't seen anything legit around but it's always like oh mark certainly has figured out how to put like playstation 1 2 and 3 stuff where you can play them on the playstation <laughs> yeah, 5 i've seen some rumors lately yeah I saw that too, where it's like, oh, they're they're stealth gonna announce like like PlayStation One, Two, Three back. Would it be awesome? It's like, yeah, that would be hey, yeah. awesome. Oh, if I could throw some PS One discs in there, I would yeah, love that. Yeah, they should have done that. Yeah, yeah. Before. If if it, if if it was possible, you know, like, but it's it's a lot like when um, well, it's not a lot I, like it, but it reminds me of when uh, uh, Switch was like, 
oh guys like you can use bluetooth headphones <laughs> on your switch now it's like the the whole time we could have done this it just took a software update if they're like oh guys guess what playstation one two three like it just works on here i'd be more angry than anything I, else. I hope because it's mark cerny it's just like uh someone just saw him like tinkering one day and, and he's like no 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 you misunderstood he's like i only made it so you can play marble madness on the playstation 5 that's it <laughs> but i mean i'd be happy yeah, about that i think that. that's it right they don't have a way to sell their back catalog they don't have easy access to not it. a good way yeah they get the no. playstation now thing which is not ideal for most people no i don't think it sells yeah. well i don't think they're no. making they don't think a lot of people subscribe to that they're, they're under 10 million that. subs on that one and it's been around way longer than game pass yeah, and why would you want to i bought a big fancy yeah. playstation 5 why do i want to use some streaming crap because dino crisis is still awesome come on <laughs> well i mean that's it though right I should just be able to put again. The Xbox has done that, right? Hey, you got your. Yeah. It doesn't work on every game, but most of your old 360 yeah. or Xbox game, put it in. They'll yeah. work fine, or they'll be better yeah. than you remember them. Yeah. And they're and on PlayStation, it's like I can't even do. We can't even. I can't even give you the crap you bought on PSN on your PS3. <laughs> that like that is kind of beyond my understanding why this like and and it might just be because i'm used to the microsoft uh platform where like okay i've bought this thing i have it on xbox live i get a new system and i download that thing that i used to have and it just works and so when i got the playstation uh 4 i'm like hey like where do i go to download the stuff that i bought on psn they're like oh like you, you can't you can't do that i'm like why can't i do that you know it just it's just I would just assume that that's how it works. And the same thing with the with the Nintendo, where even like I I bought some stuff on the Wii, and then like my Wii was stolen, and then I had to buy another Wii. And I go to the store. I'm like, how come I can't download that stuff? They're like, oh, you downloaded that on a different Wii. I'm like, no, I downloaded it on my Nintendo account. Just let me re-download it. They're like, oh no, I had to like go through like hoops. And they were like, listen, we'll do it for you but this is the only time. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, they did some magic, and I gave them the MAC address of the new Wii, so they, like, reassigned the I, games to it. I'm like, guys, like, this is not hard. The one and only time I bought a digital game was Mega Man 9 on my Wii. Loved the hell out of it. Played it like crazy. Wii died. And I couldn't get it on a new Wii. I tried like you did, and they were just like, that's not a thing we do. And I was like, I am never buying a digital game again, and I still have not. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> experience transferring stuff from one 3ds to a new 3ds oh yeah the little pikmin carrying your data over that's great right but again like that was awesome that old 3ds (laughs) you're screwed you have to have two crazy so like i remember when i bought the a new 3ds whatever like i had to sit in the GameStop for (laughs) crap to transfer (laughs) before i could give them the old 3DS. I actually, I I forgot about that. I actually did that because I wanted the Majora's Mask 3DS XL. Oh, yeah. I had the Ocarina, like the little one, and I tr- was trading it in. Mm-hmm. And I I left it in the store, and I was like, I'll be back after dinner. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> I came back when the transfer I, I was, was done because I had the um, what they call it, the um, the stupid person, uh uh the certificate yeah. oh yeah the ambassador like the, program yeah the ambassador i had <laughs> i had an ambassador, ambassador certificate program. on there and i was like yeah i'm not losing access to metroid fusion kid <laughs> so transfer that over to my majora's mask XL. yeah i mean but i think everybody at this point in time nintendo's like that weird codgery old man that you just know is not going to get it right and is going to be a pain yeah. in the butt and you're just like 
I'll put up with you because I still want to play the games. Sony, I don't think, can get that pass. Like, you're just like, no, you're Sony. You should have figured yeah. this out. You just suck. People like, compare when, them you've been making to Xbox. For, you've been making yeah. headphones forever. Why don't you have good voice chat? I mean, like, chat? when we were talking about, remember, like, up until the point the PlayStation 5 actually arrived at my house, I didn't even know if it supported all PlayStation 4 games. <laughs> yeah. You still don't know, even though you've had it for a year. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? That's... Yeah. Uh, that should never happen (laughs) that should never happen yeah it it does seem like for the position that they're in with the success they had with the playstation 4 it does kind of seem like there's a whole lot of uncertainty and not even just stuff they're not telling us like stuff that i don't even think that they know (laughs) to tell us it's that old seesaw it just seems like i don't know why this is always Uh. a thing but it's always it's a seesaw, right? You're the winner this time around. You can't yeah. make the transition to a new one. You're going to botch it. And then the other guy yeah. gets his turn. And then he's going to get yeah. too confident. And he's going to botch it. And then you get your they, turn on the They seesaw. got lucky with PS1 and 2. Like, two in a row. And then it's, like, never happened again. Right. Yeah. And, like, yeah, totally. Yeah, PS3 was a mess. And they let Microsoft in the door. And then Microsoft returned the favor the next time around. Yeah. 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 For sure. So it's it's yeah, it's certainly I mean it's it's a big story. It affects a lot of different aspects of gaming, and I think it's such an interesting conversation because there are so many question marks uh in so many different ways it could go. And uh uh you know, we didn't really have like, you know, like the the bones of like the the entire conversation laid out, but I'm really glad that we were able to really kinda, you know, kinda dig into some of the little different corners of uh of the you know the the aspects of the deal here because i i do feel like it's something we could even like keep going on about but it is it's it's going to be super interesting the way it pans out um i don't know i'm I'm really curious to see if there's any aspects of the deal that are going to get held up that are like oh like this can't happen because xyz and like maybe something falls out or maybe like some little company has to split off and you know like there could be like some asterisks in the you know in the catalog and stuff like that but sierra becomes independent again yes right online like yeah just you just don't know so uh so yeah, um, is there is there anything else you guys wanted to cover before we uh, move on to our sci-fi uh, movie cast of the month? I just want to make it very clear, if it wasn't during the conversation, that I hate this and everything about it. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, Kelsey, I, I want to re- sure. reinforce that <laughs> we're all doomed. <laughs> I, I, I thought because when you were talking about you know like your fear is you know like what if you know uh, you know you 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 know it becomes like the little the nintendo machine and like all these the kind of other things go away my thought was like well i guess you're going to be a pc bro at that point because you'll have your no. epic game store and your uh, yeah i right? i just the more i hear these kind of things the more i'm just like i i'm just going to be like a history nerd of gaming until there's, like 2022 and then i just like don't care anymore that's what i'm saying there's like do, 40 do, years yeah. of games to go back and play you'll be fine until you're yeah. dead yeah do you think that because i've, I've noticed uh, uh and i've i've felt this way a bit too that i've i've kind of gone like the non-fiction route for the first time in a while with some of like the reading and like kind of uh, material that i've been kind of you know like looking into do you think that 
that is just you know stuff that's always interesting to you and you're just digging into it do you think the state of the world has anything to do with you kind of like digging into the history of the stuff that you love i never thought of it like that there's probably a little bit of that um i just find especially in the gaming space that the quality of the work has gotten better in the last few years uh like like you remember youtube videos from like 2006 to 2015 right they're they're so <laughs> stupid and now you they're get like the battle arena toshin yeah of, uh, of and now videos. you get people doing like hour-long essays of like your favorite game and they've traveled to scotland to interview the developer and they've done so much re- like it's just amazing and yeah. And I love it because you've got people that are like our age now that have grown up with this and they've gone to school to like learn how to do research properly and they're journalists. And, and uh, yeah, like I, I just watched uh, this series recently uh, about the first uh, female characters in games. And it's so interesting and so cool. And she did one of her first episodes was on Metroid uh, being an okay. early character and like she's like let's find out all the early influences for metroid and like it dates back to the 60s like they're like barbarella with jane fonda is like a huge influence for this and all these animes they start pulling out that are like like here's the first time someone was a morph ball and it didn't come from metroid it came from the show that they obviously were copying these aspects from and here's the first person with an arm cannon and like how do all these fit together and what games prior to metroid had that kind of exploration and did they draw any influence from them and like that kind of stuff just didn't exist 10 years ago and it's so cool now so yeah i think it's just more the the quality of uh the content and the amount of it out there now is uh and and the different ways to consume it like i can podcast it i can youtube video i can get this awesome book like it's lots of different uh, methods yeah that's a hundred percent true about the quality of the uh of the of the investigatory uh, aspect especially like and the things that people like the 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 stuff that you that will get shared uh you know, like with us like whether it's on twitter or discord or whatever like some of these like hour-long pieces like the the ones that inspired our talk about um like the the water game rating and stuff like that like it, insane how good the the reporting is on on some of these things that are out there it's really awesome all right chris anything uh else you wanted to kind of sign off with before we move on to uh the simulation i'm just um we'll be fascinated to see what sony does in response Uh, i i don't know i mean there's some things i've long thought about why sony doesn't acquire i mean to me like a capcom would be a good fit um for sony um i think if i had to like pick one i think konami would like really if they were allowed to do a new silent hill and and castlevania and stuff like that i think sony could nail those i think konami is so big into gambling machines Uh, yeah i mean just like buy their gaming division from them and let them run their health clubs and pachinkos and stuff still i don't even know if that's a thing to buy but maybe I can see that. I can think, but like Capcom is still a game yeah, developer. Yeah, that'd be right? my number so two for sure. A Capcom makes sense. Um, I don't think they can yeah. probably afford Cause, cause Bandai Namco. Cause, I don't think they can probably afford yeah. it. 
uh, a Sega. Yeah. They could they could do a Sega. I I feel like Sega is the next most likely for Microsoft. Uh, I think they have a good relationship, and that unlike Phil was saying, they had a. Uh, genre crisis, um, which you know they're definitely fixing, but I think that's like the last piece they would need to like fill the the last few holes. I think Microsoft's last problem they need to solve is Japanese content. They yeah, just, which I think Sega. I, I mean, it's is way, way best bet too for tilted to Western development right. in Game Pass. I yeah, I I don't want to get too much in the weeds on this subject, but because of how xenophobic Japanese are in general, like when dealing with American companies, I do not think an American uh, electronics, uh, you know, video game system will ever be successful in Japan, regardless of what you put on it. Mm. I, I mean, I can agree to a point. Yeah. I think it's more of like the corporate structure. I just think that, you know, uh, it would be very, very difficult for Microsoft to acquire certain Japanese companies and developers it, I, where I don't it know would if it's not be law, nearly as difficult for Sony. But it used to be that a, a non-Japanese company couldn't have a 51% share in a Japanese-owned company, right? I, I don't know if that's still the case, but that used to be the case. I mean, like I said, I, I could see Sony acquiring some of these companies. Sony uh, could, yeah. And they would make a good fit for Sony. But yeah, I just... I don't think Microsoft has a good route there. I don't know how they fix that. Yeah, yeah, I, and and I don't know. I I don't think I don't know if that's a problem that they are in a hurry to address. They may not care. It may be a small enough pond yeah. that they just go like, whatever. We'll just give it to them. Yeah, yeah. They, they definitely have lots of room to grow in Europe still. Um, so that just might be you know the market they they choose to uh, push into more. Yeah, like I said, I think just that's going to be the most thing I'm going to keep my eye on this year is what does Sony do in response? They have to do something. All right. All right. So let's move to our, I guess, spoiler cast. Everyone swallow your red pills. Let's get going. (laughs) So. Uh, if you if you listen to the last show, you'll remember that uh, uh, Chris and myself both have seen Matrix Resurrections, and uh, Kelsey had not seen it yet. Kelsey has since remedied that, and we have all now seen the Matrix Resurrections. So, with Kelsey having seen it the most recently, uh, why don't we just start with the kind of general thoughts about uh uh the film with uh, we'll start with kelsey uh i really liked it more than i thought i was going to um there's only one character i really didn't care for and other than that i was very pleased with the movie so who is the uh, character i mean we're spoiling everything who is the character uh, yeah go for it jada pinkett smith playing her old uh, character's uh, old lady uh, self yeah uh, yeah the general uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of grouchy and she turned on a dime for no good reason. Yeah, and I have a really hard time with young people in old makeup. Like it almost always looks and sounds yeah. stupid. The only time I've enjoyed it was that like Captain America at the end of Endgame because it's really short and he doesn't have to do a lot. I'm sure I would have hated it if there was more. But <laughs> yeah, she didn't work for me. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the movie more than I thought I was going to, and. 
I didn't know a lot going into it. So especially the first half, I'm like, what is happening? Like this yeah. is so weird and not at all what I was expecting to come to the theater for. Uh, but like I got into it and I started buying into that and I liked the, uh, how it kind of recontextualized the old stories in a different way. And yeah, I thought it was really neat. All right, Chris, what are your overall thoughts on the Matrix Resurrections? Overall, I, I'm with Kelsey. I liked it. I mean, I it takes a different path than the old mm-hmm. film said. It definitely says, look, now I'm going this other direction, and you're either on board or you're not. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is the direction I'm going. And I and I almost kind of laugh because they make this comment. Like, the, the meta thing in the beginning is like, oh... You made this game called The Matrix, and now they're gonna. We have to do a diff. We have to do it again. We have to go back to it. They're yeah. like Warner Brothers is contractually making us do it. Yeah, and it's I love like, that they called them out by name in the movie. Right, so I'm like, funny. are you like trying to say that Warner Brothers was yeah. made you make this movie? I mean, is that what you're yeah, trying to say? Was- so that like that was super cringy to me, and I love the song that's playing during that segment. It's the uh, White Rabbit, um, which is an amazing, amazing song. Uh, so I'm always happy to hear White Rabbit. But then it's just this montage of garbage, <laughs> uh, and like intentionally, like where they're like, "Oh, you know what we need? Another bullet time." <laughs> and like they're just talking about like you know like uh, what's the buzzwords? You know like oh we need this, or we need pan- oh we need that. And they're playing this great song behind it, and and uh, Neo is just kind of like over it, just like not focused, like he's having trouble, you know, separating dreams from reality, and he doesn't know like who he is or what's real. But yeah, he's basically like this video game developer of this very successful you know, video game franchise, and they're like working on a sequel. Um, so uh, so yeah, I I definitely think that was a knock against like Warner Brothers was like, hey, like we want you to make another one, it'll make us a lot of money. And uh, there were there were a lot of red flags leading up to this guy where like where people would ask uh, Lawrence Fishburne like hey why aren't you in the movie and he's like you have to ask Lana like I don't know like they didn't talk to me and then they asked uh, what's his face um, Smith uh, oh, yeah. hey like Hugo Weaving like are you in it oh unfortunately you know like scheduling you know like we couldn't make it happen and I'm like oh this doesn't sound very good and then like you see the uh, like the actor and like the poster and the trailer, it's like, is that like new Morpheus? Is that Morpheus's son? And like they kind of re- they kind of like you know try to make it all make sense of like. So to me, it never like exactly made sense. They they probably tried to explain it or say what it was, but it never really exactly made sense why Neo looks exactly the same and Trinity looks exactly the same, but Smith is now young and and good looking and a terrible actor. And Morpheus is like a different person and also a worse actor. Did they? Uh, I don't want to get too far off topic, but uh, what's up? They explained that in the movie. Yeah, I, 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 I must have been, I must have been in a, in a, in a daze. <laughs> Morpheus was dead. I mean, Morpheus died. That's where they had the big statue right. of him and everything. Right, they had like the monument, and they said that's yeah. why she but, couldn't like, like trust because like he was just all let everybody in kind of thing, and that's why she was like, yeah. no, 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 we had to keep ours separate and closed down because Morpheus, you know, went too far with Zion or whatever, right? Yeah, and it's 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 uh, it. 
So I don't want to I don't want to be like the big negative one, but like I thought this was a great big doo doo stinker, <laughs> and okay. I did not like this movie one not little bit. Not even at all. I, not even really? at all. <laughs> not even like some of the action scenes. Like, I thought really it wanted. was cool at the end when he was just getting people to throw themselves out the window to try and like smash them. Like the, that was awesome. The the very end, like every fight sequence, uh, every action sequence, and every fight sequence, like up to the end, like when he's in the dojo with uh, with Neo Morpheus, yeah. um, <laughs> the, all those all those fights seemed like there was like no fight choreographer, and right before they filmed it, they were like, okay, like I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and you block, 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 and then like. It, like so again watching the originals before watching this and you see like how polished they are and how long those fight sequences were and how like precise they were and then watching this were like and then after i saw it i looked up some interviews and keanu was like yeah like we didn't really rehearse much we kind of showed up we talked about what the scene would be and then we shot it and then that was it and i'm like man you can re- that attention to detail really comes through I wonder if the director is just uh, like uh, just just john wick this you, you got this exactly I, I yeah i just kind of felt like that wasn't the focus of this one though like yeah, that was the focus of the matrix yeah. that was what that movie right. was this one isn't about that it's about like the yeah. story between the characters and kind of what's going on there it's i mean the fights happen yeah. but they're really a very small segment yeah. of what's going they're, on they're very they're very small I, I i thought the return of the uh uh, so I thought Neil Patrick Harris's character was awful. Really? Um, I also, <laughs> I like I also don't like I also don't like Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, he's your Danny um, McBride. So, uh, he must be. Yeah. <laughs> so so Neil Patrick Harris is Neil's. Sorry, Neil. Neo's um, uh, like therapist, like in the Matrix. And then you find out he's like, oh, he's like, uh, he, he's in, he's really in charge. He's like a. He's he's got like the power to overcome bullet time. Well, he's like and the new architect, ch- basically. Right. Yeah. Which is a big downgrade because the architect is like one of the best like characters oh, in like that. The, that's the, the part I always trilogy. fall asleep in the original trilogy. Whenever the architect oh, comes, I'm love, like, what? I love I love the architect. But they explain so like good. how that didn't work out, like right, like how Neo and how everything kind of went. That was the part mm. I, I guess I didn't I, I think could have. The, part, the one part of the movie where I think I could have like, eh, I don't need this, was like the living yeah. robot kind of thing. That uh-huh. happened because of that, you know, that merging that he had. So like, oh, now we've got, I don't remember what they call them now. But we, now yeah, we have these yeah, guys and, and they're basically like, they're living robots now. And, yeah. And it, it was something like, too, like there, there was some really, I wish I wrote down the dialogue. There was some really, really, really stupid lines <laughs> where, it, it, where he was like, uh, uh, you know, like the... Like when, like when they're coding people to like accept the programming of the new matrix, he's like, uh, the, like the like the coding the coding of a, of a person, uh, like it's it's the same as it's the same as going to the grocery store to buy some salami. Like some of the lines were just so stupid and dumb, and I thought that Neil Patrick Harris was just a monologue machine in the worst way. Like he would monologue when when Neo was on the couch with him, and then like when Neo finally like try, he's about to have that breakthrough like with Trinity and make contact, and then the bullet time happens, and then he comes in and he monologues again. Uh, yeah, I just there were so many parts that I just could not get behind. That if you can get behind what they're giving you and say this is the direction they're going, 
and you know they, they go and they get Neo out of the pool and it's like a carbon copy like he pulls the tube out and all the tubes you know come out of his back and it's like alright I guess we're doing this again and like now the what do you call them like now the robots are on their side you know they have some like working for them there's some aspects that are interesting but the only part that like redeems any of it for me is like the ending sequence at the very very end where like Keanu and Trinity or sorry Neo and Trinity are in that like action sequence like on the rooftops like where like the sun's going down uh that's that's the best uh, you know segment of the movie for me but like everything cool. up to that I was just rolling my eyes. Okay, Bill. Well, here I, I'm. I'm going to help you out. I think you'll love nobody, whereas I didn't. Okay. <laughs> so uh, let's just say that if you, that's all you want is another actiony flick, yeah. watch that flick. You'll enjoy yourself. Um, well, it's not all I want, like, because I, I really do like the non-action moments in in uh, especially um, one and Reloaded. Um, uh, uh, not not as much uh, Revolutions. Um, but yeah, it doesn't just have to be action, but like, I have to be able to like get behind that story and like, know, you know, that like it has meaning. And I feel like a lot of what happened in resurrections is, Oh, remember what we told you happened before? Forget that. It's something different now. And I get, they have to do that because it's, it's a different story and scenario, but I, I could not get behind any of the concepts that they were like flipping the switch on me with. I was like, all right, not, no. Like I'm, I'm, I can't, I couldn't get behind it. So I couldn't get behind the film as a whole. I, yeah, I mean, totally understand kind of that. Yeah. The whole scene that you were talking about where they're like brainstorming ideas for what this next matrix is supposed to be like that felt to me. Like if you don't know how people have been talking about that movie outside of the movie for the last 10 years, like it would probably feel very silly. Like, I think you need a lot of that context too. Like, so yeah, this, this weird wow. and very meta and I totally get why people hate this movie, but yeah, it worked for me. I'm the, I do feel like there's some things I don't understand. So I want to watch it again and see if, if uh, mm-hmm. it'll clear them up or if they still feel messy to me. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, um, ugh, I can't remember. I just remember when I walked out of the theater with the two friends I watched it with we were all, all three of us had the same couple questions. I can't even remember what they were now. And I was hoping they could answer it. And they're like, no, I, I have the same question. And so got to watch it again. I, I, I thought, I thought that was really cringy. Like that whole like video game development, like montage talk. I also thought the return of the Merovingian was really poorly done where like, he's like this like weird, like I didn't beggar. recognize him. Like, and they had to point that out to me. My friends were like, do you know who that was? I'm like, no, who I thought it was Cypher at first. Uh, I'm like that wasn't so, Cypher. Who was it? Yeah. So like he was like, and he's, so he's got like the thick French accent and then like uh, Neo sees him and he's like, he's like, Oh no. So there's this like big fight going. And also, uh, uh, Smith is like one of the best like villains in the history of ever. So when this like, you know, young, you know, hunky guy comes in who can't act very well, like comes in and tries to replace Hugo, it's 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 big shoes to fill. It doesn't work. Yeah, and then like okay. they get in the matrix and then he shows up and it's like Smith. And then everyone's like, Oh, like it's Smith. Like it's like this big like heavy gravity behind the situation. And then they talk for a minute and then he just stay out of my way. Oh, you stay out of my way. And then he pushes him, oh, we're gonna fight. And then Merovingian comes in, and now like there's a fight that's gonna happen. And Merovingian just monologues through the fight, like in between things that Which are happening. And everyone's his character, though. He wouldn't, right, he wouldn't but at the get same himself t- dirty and get in the right, middle right, of it. Right, but at the same time, like like 
yeah, he like he talks when it's it's business time. Okay, it's business time. We're talking, and then like okay, fight. Okay, you take care of yeah, him. Like I'm going right. back. So he's and but it was also really dumb and cringy monologue where he was like. <laughs> Uh, what did you do to us? We had class. We had style. Uh, this is stupid. And I'm like, is this like another meta thing where he's co- – where is this the director complaining about that this movie is bad because Warner Brothers made him do it? Like, <laughs> I didn't know what they were trying to do with that. But him being in that scene had no consequence to the outcome of that scene or like the entire movie. You take him out of that scene, nothing changes. Yeah, I think like that was I a said, I didn't even recognize him. All, yeah. Oh, but why is he the filthy beggar? Well, because they talk about how these are these old programs that managed it didn't get deleted, right? And they're kind of at the outcast now that, you know, they're living on the fringe out here. But every other program is not a beggar. Like, they just have regular clothes on and he's a filthy bearded right, but beggar. But again, they talked about how these programs are like, should have been deleted and have to like hide out. In the Matrix, because they were—they're <laughs> supposed to be deleted. Yeah, I—I I don't know. I—I I couldn't get behind, and then I couldn't get behind anything they were feeding. Me. And like Kelsey said, there are some things about it that I don't remember or don't understand. And Kelsey said, "I want to watch it again to get those things." Like I don't want to watch it again, <laughs> but I feel like I will at some point just to understand what I don't understand about it. Like knowing what I knowing what I know about it. Okay. Now I don't have to try to figure out, you know, like the main plot points. I can just be like, all right, just tell me what you're trying to tell me. And like, I'll take notes and I'll be good this time. But yeah, it was one of those things that I, I felt like I was staying with it while I was watching it. And then after it was over, I kind of looked back on it and I was like, that was stupid. I didn't have any fun at all. We don't need to get into this at all, but like how you feel sounds exactly like how I did when I came out of last Jedi and I still haven't re-seen that movie, but I like I want to to like see if I was wrong about it. It's Did funny you say that because this because this is very similar to how I felt coming out of Rise of Skywalker. Is <laughs> just I was okay during it, and then I walked out of the theater and I started talking. It was silence for like five straight minutes. Me and my wife walked to the car like silently, and she was like, "What did you think?" <laughs> and I was like. I thought I, I thought it was I thought that this didn't make sense and I didn't like this and then like the more I talked about it, it I just started getting angry. <laughs> hey, yeah, here, I'm gonna ruin your childhood. That was Phantom Menace. <laughs> no, I, I I didn't like Phantom Menace. I I'm an OG kid yeah, and I saw Phantom Menace and I was like, all right, these these aren't gonna be very good, so I'm just gonna watch the old ones. <laughs> But yeah, I, I really don't want to be the big negative poo-poo Matrix Resurrects. I really did want to like it. I wanted to give it a chance. I don't think and it I really hold, couldn't get behind it at all. I don't think it can hold up to the first... I don't think anything can hold up to that first movie. No. Because it's its own right. thing in its own place. And I think you're right. wrong. You'd be foolish to try to remake that magic again. That's right. why I think this trying to do its own thing and just being its own thing can work Mm. because it's like you'd be dumb to try to compete against that so i rewatched the trilogy last year and then i was going to rewatch it again prior to this movie i watched the first one and i was satisfied with that i don't love two and three but after watching this one i i i like how it like recontextualizes two and three so i asked my son if he wants to watch the matrix movies and we restarted so we watched the first one yesterday and we're going to watch two and three again going forward. So I'm going to give those another chance right away here. 
cool. So b before we get too far off your your point there, Chris, about uh, you know not trying to recreate, it's it's why I'm always singing the praises of Blade Runner 2049. Oh yeah, because it was really 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 it's like scary. One of the best sequels. Like, how can you, like, you can't just go back and do the same thing, but, like, how do you do something that's, like, in that world and is big and impactful? It's, like, I know I'm biased because I love, you know, like, the first one, but I also kind of feel like that would make me tougher on, on 2049. I rewatched 2049 recently. I still can't believe it's as good as it is. It's incredible without being a copy. When, so, like, when you yeah, told like, me that you were into 2049 because i'm like very casual like i like blade runner i don't love blade runner but when you told me the sequel was like not just good but like fantastic i i went in with full confidence i would enjoy that movie and i very much did i think you're right like you were yeah. probably a tougher critic on that one than than your typical watcher and so if it, if it sold it to you then i was going to be happy yeah, to me it's like the same problem with star wars right i I know you guys are still chugging through the stuff. I have Star Wars fatigue up to here. Uh, no, I don't care I'm with you. about Star Wars stuff. I'm just done I, for now. I am the exact same way. My my son and I like he he. I watched the Mandalorian specifically because he wanted to, and I just didn't care. I know everybody else loves it. I don't care. So we were sitting down over the Christmas break. I'm like, hey, do you want to try like Boba Fett? Like that's been out for a week, and he was like, yeah, okay. We watched one episode, we looked at each other, and we're like, nope, we don't need to watch any more Boba Fett. Like, and, like, if you would have asked me that 10, 15, 20 years ago, like, that I wouldn't want to watch a Boba Fett show, like, I would have told yeah. you you're a liar. I yeah. <laughs> I feel so weird about Star Wars right now. That's, and that's the way I look like at this I'm, movie. Yeah. I'm like, it just... Uh, did I enjoy my time with it? Yeah. Did I like watching it? Sure. Ooh. Am I going to try to put it up against the first one? Nah, I'll just, I would hate it if I tried yeah. to do that. I mean. And, and that's the point I made the, when we talked about it in the last show. I think it actually hurts this movie a ton every time they flat, like when they show like, you know, Morpheus or Smith or, or, or um, you know, whoever, and they do like a little five or 10 second, like flashback to like the Matrix or the Matrix Reloaded just the look of the movie because like in the original ones like every time they were in the matrix it kind of had that like green tinge to it so you could always tell it was artificial like just just the look and feel of the movie was so much different and, and in my opinion so much better so whenever they flash back to it and then flash forward to what you were watching i was like oh but that would like you i mean you have to understand though if they did that again they would break the first half of the movie because at the beginning you don't understand is he in the matrix is he crazy yeah. did he really just right. imagine all this stuff and he is literally just nuts the whole time you don't know yeah. and if they did it in that right. green tinge you were just like oh well he's in the matrix uh, yeah it's just this it, it didn't work for me and i yeah i, I can't i can't with this movie okay. that's, all, <laughs> you know, that's all right i get it and uh, so real quick just to, to piggyback on the Star Wars thing so I'm a you know, pretty big Star Wars guy I, I enjoy it we uh, uh, watched all of The Mandalorian which I liked a lot I love the way the second season ended I'm extremely excited for the next season uh, Book of Boba Fett came out I wasn't like particularly looking forward to it I'm like oh, I'll watch it whatever so if a week or two goes by we watched the first one and same thing like we watched it 
I'm like, all right, we went to bed, and like the next day, she's like, what'd you think of it? I was like, I don't think it was very good. It wasn't interesting. I don't have the. I don't have any interest in the character. I don't know what the story is. Like, nothing interesting so far. Maybe it'll get more interesting. And we just have not had the desire to put it on again. So we haven't. And we're not going to. Here's the one thing I'll say I really liked about The Mandalorian. Is uh, during the season one finale, when all the other Mandalorians come out to help him escape, there's one who confronted him earlier in that season who's got purple armor and an arm cannon. And he's literally just vile for Mega Man X. So that's awesome. Sounds <laughs> good. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the whole series. So your favorite part of the Matrix Resurrection is they ripped the off the character from... Yeah. <laughs> I, I did it. like that. I mean, I did like that they played around with that in the beginning of the movie, right? Like, you just don't know mm. where he's at. Yep. And he's taking all these pills and it's like... Okay, I mean, yeah. part of you goes, oh, blue pills, right? Then that means it's keeping him yeah. in the Matrix. But also it could just be, yeah. no, maybe he was just nuts the whole time, and those were just his pills yeah. he was supposed to be taking, <laughs> right? You didn't yeah. know where it was going to really, go. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit of a, a, a Total Recall thing where it's like, oh, wait a minute. And it's like, no, don't make me think of it. And like, I, I typically don't like those things. Like Even at the end of one of my favorite movies ever, Inception, where uh Cobb is like spinning his totem right you don't and like see if it the movie ends it. with like the totem like wobbling a little bit and it's like you know what like i i don't care whether or not it stays up forever or falls down like i know what i know is real and like, <laughs> maybe that's the point maybe that's the entire point is like you decide what's real like it's up to you you know so i try not to look at that stuff too too hard but yeah, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm really glad you guys both enjoyed your time with it. I probably will give it a watch at some point, but yeah, I'm, I'm a little, a little fatigued on on the the property right now. So, do you? Here's a question I've got for both of you. Did you think the resurrection part made sense? I mean, like the part where like the machines rebuilt their bodies and everything, and it's been sixty years or whatever. Yeah, um, I need to rewatch it. I don't know if I... Right now, I'd say no. I don't feel like I understood that. But that's one of the things I think I wanted to rewatch it and, and see if it made more sense to me on a second viewing. Yeah. Like, so I remember when Niobe explains that 60 years have passed since the machine war and the human survivors that are with her are like a separate group then because i thought they were in zion at first and it's like oh no like this is a different thing so then when and but then there's like machines on the ship that you're on too so like it wasn't super clear to me like so there's different factions of machines and like some are working with the humans and then like i didn't understand the rebuilding of certain people yeah so the way my understanding was is that neo did his thing at the end of the third movie and that basically turned that whole machine city <clears throat> around. And that's what created these... The, the the programs could then inhabit these mechanical bodies in our world, and they could come together. But that was just that one machine city. And so right. now you're dealing with, well, that didn't solve the conflict everywhere, but it did it did solve that just for that one machine city. And I was still trying to... I mean, I understand the concept of what they did with, like, rebuilding Neo and and everything from scratch. I'm just trying to... Was there a point where they said, 
yeah. why how they could figure out like the power output was so much better with them and all that good stuff you know what i mean yeah yeah because in because in the first movie it's like oh like you'll combine with a form of fusion it also didn't make sense to me that they went and got neo and trinity was like literally right there and then they leave and then he's <laughs> like oh we, we gotta go back to like exactly where we just were and get her and they're like oh no like that's that's not possible you just did it you just yeah, did it like a minute ago work, right why didn't you just get her at the same time well i think that was the thing though. like he was i think he realized what was going on they didn't know right yeah. they didn't understand what the heck was going also, on. also how lucky how lucky is it that they were just put right next to well, each other i think other. that was the point that was the point is yeah. you had to keep them very close but not too close that was kind of the whole okay. idea I, I, I definitely missed that if they talked about that. Yeah, they that. said, like, that's why you said, like, oh, hey, we, we we tried doing this, and every time when you guys would come together, Oh, boom, yeah, I remember right? that. Yeah, that. And then it was, yeah, yeah. it was all over. So he had to keep okay. working until he got a formula where he could keep them close, but never getting together. Okay, and that, and that yeah, I definitely... And is what was, produced was that did Neil, did Neil Patrick Harris say that? Okay, that's probably why I was Fell probably... during like, his third uh, monologue. <laughs> yeah that's why he kept talking about that what was that whole point of of like he kept trying it because they were trying to get power output like that's how he got to his position was he figured this out and that like oh, okay well your version of the matrix where that works that's what we want because we get now we have all this electrical output that we were having we were okay. struggling after the end of that last war with our with getting enough energy right so mm -hmm. Because a lot of humans were set free and whatever, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, did it all? I don't know if it all made sense, but yeah, I think that's probably enough to say about the movie. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys excited for the Matrix Resurloaded Shuns? <laughs> if they came out with something with that title, I would watch it. <laughs> After the ending of the movie, I think they're, I think they're queuing up another film, right? Yeah. The they they have the that a game coming out, isn't? I thought they were leading into that was maybe the idea. Oh, maybe because they're going to reform the world right now. That's their. I hope so. I think it was kind of cool I that they gave thought... Trinity like the superpowers at the end, right? It was kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. Let let her do it. Um, I also thought it was a little weird. Um, I mean, it, it, this isn't the end of the world, but like in the history of anyone being in the Matrix. No one ever like laughed in the Matrix that I can that I can remember. So like at the very end when like Neo and Trinity are, are talking to the analyst and they're like, Oh, we just came back here, we wanted to thank you for blah 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 and then like right before they leave, they both kinda look at each other and like laugh and like and, like chuckle. It just seemed like so weird and out of place for like the two of them to like smile and have like a light moment. Yeah, the, uh, right the there. laughing like, previously was like a scoff, <laughs> not a laugh. Yeah. Yeah, the other movies were always really very dark. Very dark. Yeah. And to have a moment of levity. And and even when there was like a one-liner, it was like, can you fly that thing? Not yet. You know, like jump on the phone. Everything was very serious and, you know, eyebrows down. Nothing was ever like, you know. And even when, um, what's his face, uh, uh, the operator uh, in, uh, in, Re in uh, Reloaded had a, you know, a handful of one-liners. They were all, you know, kind of delivered, you know, without that like... 
open, you know, chuckly laugh. So like, yeah. And the first one, just... Mouse was like, he came off as annoying to everybody, even though he was trying to make jokes all the time. It was like, mm-hmm. don't laugh at him, don't encourage him. <laughs> I think that was the whole point of those films. I was like, it was they're gritty and oppression, right? That was everything. Yeah. Humans are oppressed, and you're never supposed yeah. to feel happy because this horrible oppression is on you the whole time. And now yeah. I think it's more of like, hey, we're it's our turn, right? Uh, right. I don't know. Yeah, like the Goonies. It's <laughs> our turn now. Down here. <laughs> down here. <laughs> it's our turn down here. <laughs> Up there, it's their turn. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, I think we've uh, probably talked about it enough. I hope I didn't bring the room down. Again, I'm glad you guys both I'm liked just glad it, it wasn't ABL. me this week. Just glad it wasn't me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, uh, I'm, I'm down on the future of the universe. So that that's who I am. So, uh, but yeah, want to thank everyone for sticking with us. If you if you came this far, uh, perhaps you're willing to go a little further. <laughs> um, we do have uh, uh, our patrons that we want to thank, as always. Um, hopefully, uh, you guys enjoyed the conversation. Um, you guys are already over in the Discord. If anyone wants to join us in the Discord, uh, you go to Patreon.com/slash/CollectorCast. Um, we are getting real close to starting up our next Batman uh, journey. It's looking like we have a couple of finalists that we're just trying to, uh, you know, decide between. So you can still get in, uh, get in the room and, and chat some Batman with us there, uh, with Engineer Mike, uh, Kelsey, and myself. And uh, yeah, do we have any upcoming playthroughs? I know you guys did Guardians uh, recently. Are we anything on the horizon besides the Ring of Eld? Kelsey finished Guardians. I gave up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh. I just bounced off of. Did you even like YouTube I... the last bit? Or... Nah, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I I know that I know that means a lot to you. I I probably you probably like feel sad to hear that from me, but I'm kind of like Bill with the Matrix. I'm kind of like, nah, I don't care. <laughs> the thing that makes me sad is you spent fifty dollars and didn't enjoy it. Not that you didn't no, enjoy I spent, it. I spent I spent thirty dollars. Thirty dollars, whatever. Like you spent money on it and didn't enjoy how'd, it. That does make me sad. But I understand not every game is for every person, and I yeah, kind of know what you like. And I was just hoping to squeeze this in somehow. I, I, I you know, I gave it a shot, but I think you we did. just all have to realize right now, story heavily story driven games. Nah. That's why I watch a movie. I watch a movie you, yeah. to do that. How would you like to make fifteen of those dollars back? <laughs> you want you want that copy? <laughs> yeah, I'll take oh, it. Okay. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll play that game. Hit me, hit me up after we'll, this. We'll, we can work out a deal. Yeah, sure. Something. So, uh, so yeah, but uh, um, I know we've got uh, uh, Elden Ring isn't too too far. Okay, out, well, but, uh, our, our, that, uh, it's a month away. Are, are both of you guys actually yeah. getting this on launch day or, or not? I mean, that's fine. Just say uh, if you're not. I don't mind. I just I'll start playing by myself. I, I was just waiting for you to like tell me if you think I would like it. I wasn't planning to get it right away. I wanted to hear your thoughts on it after you get it. Okay, well then I'll just start playing then. Or I don't know, Bill, are you planning yeah. on getting it day one? I'm planning on getting it, but it's similar to Kelsey. I wanted to kind of see hear some first impressions. Okay, well, here, let me help you out. I'll love it. <laughs> um, you guys will have to decide from there. That's fine, though. I'll just start playing. I, um, I might, I yeah, might just... Do um, don't wait for me. Yeah, I wouldn't want to hold yeah, you up. I might at all. just, uh, I probably will get on both platforms. So I might just play on Xbox and then just hold off on PlayStation if you guys decide to do that one. 
Next week is going to be interesting because my my son has been extraordinarily excited for the new Pokemon game that's coming out on the 28th. And and like he doesn't get excited for new games. Like he loved Breath of the Wild and Minecraft and Fortnite. And those are the only games he ever plays. Like he like I tell him about a new game. He's like, yeah, like I'll like I'll try it. Like he sat down and played Guardians with me because I was like, come do that with me. But he's never, ever asked me, like, a new game's coming out. Like, can I pre-order it? Like, can we get it? So we're, we're making a big deal out of it. We're gonna, I'm going to let him ditch school that day, and we're going to go pick up a copy in the morning and uh, play some hooky and, and play some Pokemon. So I'm, I'm curious nice. how that'll go. My, uh, my mom is buying that game for my oldest son because she bought uh, a game for my middle guy for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And when she gave it to him... It was actually it was supposed to show up for Christmas. It didn't show up in time, so she gave it to him like after Christmas. But since she like gave one of my kids a gift <laughs> and not the other one, like my older one kind of got upset. And she was she's like like Callahan, what like what do you 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 name me? What do you want? I'll order it right now. And I was like Callahan, the the Pokemon game that comes out at the end of the month. You want that? So she is ordering that for him. I don't even know how to say it that that word. Arceus. Legend Arceus. of Arceus. Okay. Pokemans, I think is how it's said. Pokemans, Legends, Arceus. So uh, I actually saw the story recently that the, uh, the the game is kind of out in the wild. It's been data mined and it's getting spoiled. So it's not, not like I care, but like I hate when that crap happens. Did they so. find out? My son loves it. He, every day he like he tells me something new. He learned about it from a leak. He's like, did you know they can do this? Did you know this Pokemon's <laughs> in it? Have you seen this version of this Pokemon? Like he's very excited. So so I so I should say I just hate when leaks happen for things that like developers like work on keeping yeah. a secret and really hope that like uh, like a uh, a player can like experience like like a story beat or like something that like they didn't know was going to happen. So when that when some leaks where it's like, oh, the pyramid ships have been on Earth the whole time; they're on the moon. You're going to see them in the first mission. It's like ah, oh, like that kind of stuff, you yeah. know. But yeah, if it's just kind of stuff like, oh, look at this form of this Pokemon we got, like it's probably less of a deal for Giggle Clax like no. now transforms into Spoodle Bang. Okay, Spoodle Bang. But is, only if you that have would make the game Spoodle rated Bang M. Candy. If they Spoodle Bang in there. <laughs> it's I, I love the joke where it's uh, the kids are like, oh no, like like math is too hard. I can't remember all this stuff. And then you cut to like, you know, it takes forty-seven blah blah candy to 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 evolve. You know, the second Earth form of Snorflax to Vagaflix. Are you? Sh- Not only do they know every Pokemon, they know like all three versions, like where they're from, what the. Oh, that's that's a fire type. Oh, that's an earth. That's a poison type. No, Dad, that's dumb. That's you know. It's like, all right, buddy. Yeah, math's real hard, right? <laughs> So, all right, we've 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 gotten on one of our classic tangents, but uh, but yeah, so we are we're excited to uh, to see some of you guys uh, in the Discord if you want to jump over there, and uh, yeah, we will see you next time. <laughs>